and right here on Guy Atchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Network, the community for tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and all those curious about the world of tattooing. We encourage everyone to join these live stream and real world events that we have going on. And we aim to educate and inspire one another to create better artwork, tattoos, and to ultimately leave the community a better place than how we found it. We stream out most days of the week, so be sure to check out the full schedule of events we have going on, as well as our professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists at reinventingthetattoo.com. You can find these shows on our Roku channel, as well as all your favorite podcast platforms. So just search for Reinventing the Tattoo and you'll find us there. Real quick, just want to say thank you to the sponsors who make this network possible. So thank you to World Tattoo Events, which has the largest, most comprehensive list of tattoo conventions going on in the world right now. Tattoo Now, technology for tattooers, they're the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels, as well as our affiliates at the Fireside Tattoo Network and the Apprenticeship Diaries. And lastly, just want to say thank you to Guy Atchison, who makes the whole community possible. He's the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. And so you can go to guyatchison.com to get your copy of the Biomech Encyclopedia, instructional DVDs, original paintings, and custom coil machines. And if you're enjoying the information we're putting out, be sure to share it with a friend. Kyle, that was wonderful. Thanks. It's almost like the pressure's off when Ben's not here breathing down your neck. When he's not over there making noises and faces at me. Is he always making faces at you? I'm usually keeping my hands busy, so. Sometimes. Well, today. Well, speaking of Ben, where where is he? He's not here. Oh, Ben is on the the Appalachian Trail. He is. Oh, he's got his hike on. Can we make sure that these are plugged in at all the points? Because I'm only getting one side of my headphones. That's the one. Thank you. Perfect. Little tiny uh, technical technology demons. So. We don't have Ben today, but we do have Maddie joining us in a little bit, which is awesome. Um, Jordan, I think, is going to be joining us from upstairs mid-session, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I was thinking I've had, I recently wrapped up the collab with Guy, and then I also recently started a collab with Amber Joy, uh, another really awesome female tattooer from here in Ohio. Um figured maybe we should just talk about collabs and what makes them cool like we've definitely had this conversation before but it's just kind of fresh on my brain right now so pressing the buttons the ones and twos from over here yeah making sure you can get in and that we see them yeah you could slide the laptop closer if you want scoot it in look at that Boom. look and it's still not even obstructing the star <laughs> view it's part it's wonderful all right perfect um so, so talk to us about your collabs. Well, I, I kind of just want to talk about collabs in general. Just mm -hmm. like I do want to talk about the ones that I've been working on, but I want to just talk about like collabs in general. Um, the process between two artists like coming to um coming to the design together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got Jordan already. Hey, what up, guys? Can what you up? Hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, I'm gonna try to set this up so it's kind of on my tattoo while I'm working, or maybe both of us a little bit. Yeah. Jordan, you look like what you're up? in Cervena Station. Yes, I. Uh, yeah, my booth is a little under renovations right now. <laughs> under renovations, I 
poked my head in there yesterday. I thought you were just rearranging and rehanging things. And then I realized the walls are all black. <laughs> black and fuzzy. He's going hard in the paint all day. Yeah, we got uh, I got I got quite a bit to do. So after I'm done tonight, I'm gonna be going super hard in there. But I'm pretty stoked to show everyone what's gonna happen because I got I got this whole plan and right now it just looks so chaotic. It's gonna be pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cool to see polish off. The polish off. Yeah, Maybe I saw you it come looks in like, yesterday it like, looks like crappy. What'd you say? I saw I saw you come in at like 10 30 and I go up like an hour later and you're just like full panic everywhere, it's just like painting walls <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> I know I was like I literally have four hours to do this because my only like we we had this whole trip planned to this weekend because it's my birthday this weekend and we're going to North Carolina. I'm gonna go camp and stuff out there. And I don't know. I wanted to get all this done before next week, but I also was thinking in my head I could get it done before today. Right. So man, if I just go hard and then I got halfway through and I was like, yeah, no, this isn't gonna happen. There's a lot of things here that need to dry and there's a lot of walls in that room. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of surfaces. Mm-hmm. You forgot about the like trusses that have like drywall around them in the ceiling where it's not all raised ceiling. That's all. That's like a whole right. extra wall. Yeah, with angles. Every, every corner has a uh, you know has to be taped off. Oh, Jordan, what'd you get yourself off. into? Every project that Jordan starts, he's like, "This is gonna be so cool." And then, like seven hundred and fifty-three thousand hours later, he's like, <laughs> "It's gonna be so cool." <laughs> it's almost there. It's gonna be it's cool. What it takes. What so it takes. today's topic, I was just saying before you joined us, Jordan, we we're talking about uh, collabs, just like general conversation about collaborative tattoos. I just wrapped up uh, one with Guy, and I just started another one with Amber Joy. It might be. Oh, that's it. Sorry, guys. We're trying to get this live on the TV, too, right here. And my brain's so one track. Okay. Well, if you do, there's probably going to be a several second delay. Oh, okay. We got got the voice. We got got vocals and audio right here. Okay. Perfect. He just wants to watch it because he can't see it from right here and all that. Have you, do you have any collab work? Me? Yeah, have you ever got been worked on by two artists at once or um, done like the back and forth tandem? You haven't had had any tattoos done yet like that, have you? Oh, I have not. Not yet. You haven't yet either, right? I have not, no. So I've had two projects done that way. And actually today I was preparing and I was thinking about my Topi and Russ collab. And I totally forgot about my chess piece being Adam and Ty. And I talk about that one the most all right. the time. Um, but one of the things I wanted to kind of like mm, kick around the idea is like, you know, in conventions, we see more and more like teams of artists, like two artists that take on a big project or three or four artists taking on a huge project and kind of like, just, I guess it's just kind of like, I almost feel like there's two different styles or two different ways to collaborate. And I think one is like a true collaboration where artists like share the whole creative process from like a discussion about the sketch to thumbnails back and forth Mm -hmm. to like this sketch or digital rendering that both artists have tossed back and forth and worked on together and created one thing. And then that becomes a tattoo that either artist can work anywhere on the tattoo and bounce back and forth and maybe a layer from each artist in each area 
where it's like truly collaborative, like every inch of the tattoo is a, a collaboration. Every idea was considered by both artists. Every mm -hmm. color was discussed by both artists or just like, well, if this is glowing this color, you know what the color palette's going to be, right? Yep. Let's go. Right. Um, but the, the other way for uh, collaborative tattoos to happen, I would consider more of like a mashup where it's like two artists that are either the same style or totally different styles. And they just slam two styles together and tattoo. And you can like distinctively see where this is one artist and you can distinctively see where this is the other artist. Um, <clears throat> I think both are magic. And I think both are like equally as valuable and equally as yeah, like- Yeah, they've, they've each got like their own charm to it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They've each got their own charm. Um, like even my tattoo is my chest piece. That was definitely a collaboration from, you know, Adam and Ty going to the Franklin Park Conservatory together and starting a sketch there to like the actual rendered sketch that they had stenciled when I showed up. Like it was collaborative from start to finish and either one of them or both of them, however you want to word it, like worked on each and every area. Like right. the bad spots, Adam kind of stepped away and let Ty be the bad one, but it's okay. Yeah, you gotta you gotta play good cop, bad cop in that situation, kind of. Yeah, right? but my leg, on the other hand, was definitely more of a mashup. Like it was a digital rendering, and Russ and Topi worked on it together. But like you can see the elements that are like specifically Topi, and you can see the elements that are specifically Russ, and then there's a few elements that are kind of like the combined of both of them. But mm -hmm. but it's like I love both of these pieces. I love showing them off. I love them equally, but they're almost like. I almost feel like there should be like a, just a whole nother category for a mashup tattoo like yeah because it kind of is like on a separate plane where like if you were to do the full true collaborative it kind of almost reads as like one equal piece all the mm -hmm. way across as compared to like the mashups kind of more like a blending of two styles like you're saying yeah when I uh when I had my shop up in Marion there's an artist that worked with me his name was Michael Frazier and he is still one of my favorite like traditional style tattooers around his line work is like flawless mm -hmm. his saturation is his black is velvety smooth like just sound good tattooer and like when he would take a complicated design and then simplify it to something that could be tattooed in a traditional style it was always like huh I never would have done it like that but that's so effective and reads so well like right. just is great how to like simplify complicated things to make them bold and make them readable but like all the important information is there because that's not that's that's a hard thing to do as well yeah so anyways when I was working with him one of our one of my first like true deliberate collaborations like not one of those like somebody else started this tattoo and I need to fix and finish it or I got this part done on vacation and now I don't want to go all the way back to yada yada and you know I call those accidental collabs where like I have to work with what's there and I have to make it as uh, like right right I gotta make it as good as possible even if they you know there's already so many limitations right but like so so working with Fraser, we had this idea to do this Star Wars tattoo for a mutual friend of ours. And she wanted a Star Wars tattoo to be like bright and have like super realistic space, but she wanted it to have like 
hard lines and be traditional at the same time. I was like, I mean, we could literally just have Frazier outline it and then I'll color it my style as if it's like a coloring book that I'm getting carried away with. Yeah. So even though both of us had input on it and like we played with the layout and then Frazier drew it, it was still, in my opinion, a mashup because it's his beautiful line work with my crazy exaggerated color all over the place. Right but still a mashup. Like you can see like, oh, those are not Fawn's lines. Those are Frazier's lines. And that is definite, like Frazier did not do that outer space. You know, like yeah. you can tell which one of us did which part. And I love it for that piece because that was like the deliberate idea. We wanted it to be like, this is my style. This is Frazier's style. And like he did the lines, I did the color. Right, it's clear as day. Both yes. You got like both the strengths in there for yeah. each artist. But I feel like that should be in a different category. Like that should be in the mashup category. Like if there was a mashup category. I don't know what you to like rewrite uh, the um, categories. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, like little lists. I don't uh, a uh, a collaboration where I like to not I don't want to see I want to see both and neither at the same time like when I personally like that's what to me makes a really good collab I know there's definitely like a category for both I think I agree with that I definitely uh I just I love it like when, especially when I see guys collaborations where I can't you know you can't tell where one starts and the other begins or anything you can see both of them in it but you can also see that it would not be what it is without both of them because it's also so different from what they might or like what they normally do or something like that where it's like oh my god that's so guy but oh my god that's fucking so gloopy or so mm -hmm. fucking you know whoever it might be that's and funny I, the, uh... I, I love that or like i mean our collabs i feel like are that way as well oh mine and yours are yes yeah yeah i feel like we toss the ball back and forth really really well um so the collab that i just wrapped up with guy i love I love standing next to Lauren when she shows it off to somebody and just trying to listen to them figure out which one of us did what part. Right. And like, it's either backwards or it's like, I'll be like, oh no, we both did that. Or like he did this part first and then I did this, the second layer on this. And like, we, you know, we'd move all over it. Um, but it's just funny to hear people say like that doesn't look like guys work at all but I've got this beautiful landscape that guy did hanging in my tattoo studio and then he's got that other that other like surreal landscape that he just recently finished um for Sandy which is super breathtaking mm -hmm. so like maybe it's not like your typical everyday guy bio tattoo but like if you look at his bigger body of work and his paintings and the way he plays with clouds and lights and sunsets and plant textures and tree textures and like all of those other things like how can you like you don't you don't see that you, know, you don't see like, the combination like yeah. that's clear, <laughs> clearly guy stuff in here but it's more like uh the style that you're more likely to see in his paintings than his everyday tattoos so like right because I spend so much time looking at his oil paintings, I, I think I think that part of his creativity is a little bit more in line with mine and like the way he thinks of bio when he's creating these epic spaces on canvas. I think that's more along the lines with how my brain works, where like if I think about bio, it's more like I want to transform this into something else. Like I want to take this limb, turn it into something else, or just turn it into another space altogether. Um, right. But with Lauren's leg, it was like we created 
not one window, but two windows into two totally different realms that were like complementary of one another. And maybe that's the thing where like usually his work is like hot and cool bouncing off of one another. We have these two totally different spaces that could exist like one was subterranean and murky and the other one's like bright and glowy but like it's that same duality and that same like hot pool or like alive decaying or um i don't know i love i love how it turned out and you can't tell which of us worked where but there's little influences of both of us through the whole thing i guess hell yeah i can't wait i really i haven't uh i don't think i've really seen your guys' finished product have you posted pictures on it or just maybe video uh i will pull some pictures up here as soon as i get this thing stuck together that i'm building (laughs) or maybe kyle can um if you send them i can pull them up i don't know if you have them like on here Mm. i know i've got a video that i just put up on my instagram that has some really nice shots of it heck yeah i definitely want to see kyle's working on pulling it up Together, we can multitask. Together. Teamwork makes the dream work. Indeed. Hmm. I love how thoughtful some of these little shots of, of guy that I stuck of him turned out. You know how I'm always like creeping around, getting like the funny angles of everybody working, but I never do anything with them. Oh shit, that is weird. I can see me up there now. There we go. So once once this video starts over, you'll be able to see this, like two realms that we've created, and then that because we're building the realms around the uh, platonic solids, it gives us a lot of options to make this piece grow. Um, but I think really Lauren was ready space. to be done. Believable place. <laughs> I'll just extend it to the rest of the leg. It's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. we got all the other elements we could include. All kinds of spacey, surreal stuff. Creepy over the shoulder shot. And then Monday after Hell City, we had the chance to, Amber Joy and I had the chance to start a project on Jess, the True Tattoo Supply Warehouse Manager. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we we got a super solid start on it. Um, I would not have imagined it would be that easy to work with Amber. Like when we sat down with Jess and we started talking about her ideas and I think Amber and I kind of, we both started sketching across the picnic table from one another. And then when we showed our each other our sketches, they were almost the same, like all the elements in the same places, just from like using our words to build the image. So I was like, oh yeah, this is going to go easy. And then once we got the stencil on, got everything sized appropriately and work out those details together. Um, Once we jumped in, it was like, okay, well, let's focus on this and this right now. I feel like Amber and I agreed to what needed to be committed right away. Um, So while she was working on the hair, I just worked on committing like the whole first layer of like the spacey sky behind her. And then at the end of the session, when Jess was getting sensitive, we just kind of like buzzed in the um, like elemental details um, just to kind of commit that stencil for us for next time. But I think this is going to be, I mean, Jess is not a small person. She's taller than I am. Like this is a very long leg we're working on together. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I feel like we got an, 
incredible amount accomplished for our first time working in such a way together. Um, I feel like we'll easily complete this project in our next session. Um, and then as well as this went, I hope that Amber and I get the chance to work together some more. Kyle forgot to, to do, was that paused the whole time? Uh, it was paused on like the last piece. Oh, well, bring that back up unpaused. There we go. Back up. Here, here we go. There's the new screen share of a whole different project. Oh no, that one was planned. Oh, it was planned? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just paused it at the end. Yeah, I just paused it on like. So there's product. this thing that happens when we're screen sharing. There's this box around what we share and it looked yellow, but. Yes, <laughs> it, it still moves, but, but it is paused on A-frame. On A-frame, yeah. perfect. Was that your first collab with Guy, Bob? Yeah. Yep. I was pretty right. flattered that he was down to do a project like that with me. Yeah, that's super awesome. How many hours did you guys put in together on that? Oh, man. I feel a like lot. that's... <laughs> of course, we all love Where Guy. We're in? All, what, three know. sessions were? Three sessions, yeah. yeah. Definitely three days. Three sessions days. that guides. Mm -hmm. Feel any, like, superpowers or, like, any more... Uh... Like a, a beaming aura of energy beaming out from your heart after you're leaving from those experiences. I do know I love visiting hyperspace and visiting with Guy and Michelle and Kaya anyway. So I like it's like feel a, great when I leave. Every time I leave there, it's a spiritual experience. I just feel like I can't imagine creating out there too. So there is this cool thing that happened on our second session together. Is that the session that you came out? Yeah. When you got your soul blasted? Yes. Okay. It was in his shin. Um, so guy and I were working away and I just kind of like, I don't know if there was a lull in the music. I don't know if it was just more quiet in that moment, but I realized that our machines were working, like they were running harmonically of one another. And it's a really cool thing that I haven't experienced since I was working with coil machines. Um, when Frazier and I would be working, he had uh, these hand-built machines. Uh, another tattooer uh, that Frazier's close with named Don Coling made these machines for him, and they just ran like tops. They were just great running, everyday, like workhorse kind of machines. Um, and I was using uh, Brian Dixon machines almost, uh, not, not Brian Dixon, uh, Brian, Brian Adams machines. I was using Brian Adams machines almost every single day. And again, they're just like built to be tough machines, like machines that were just built to keep going. Like they weren't pretty, they were functional, they were great. But when Frazier and I would be working side by side, our machines just sounded like they were singing together. There was just like this beautiful harmonic. Um, I could imagine that. I could yeah, it was. Just, I think it's definitely something that sees all in mind. Mm -hmm. You're creating a frequency that you're able to control. It's the same thing that's happening with a speaker. You know, you're creating a frequency that's, you know, from a vibration, you know, mm -hmm. and you're being yep. able to change that through amperage or, you know, through that power supply and how much power you're giving that. And so you can change that. And you guys, you know, if you were to see what I'm sure you were, you know, it's probably like a C note or I'm not okay. saying what, like I don't know. it was some note and you guys probably harmonized on that. Yeah, note. it was a perfect there's harmony. there's the repetition of how fast it's going too. I don't know. There's a few things. Yeah. So here's the thing for those of you listening, if you, if you were in a tattoo shop 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, and there were multiple people working, here's what you would hear from one machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, so here's what you would hear from two machines. So if you added like three or four machines, it became this chaos of like noise where every machine was on a different frequency and different wavelength. And it added like a whole nother layer of noise pollution to the environment. And that's one of the reasons the old tattoo shops were so like they always had their music so loud because it was just like it, it's like hearing multiple alarms going off at the same time when you have many machines running at the same time and then they're being run and moved at different rhythms so um that's what you're like every single day not just an annoying tattoo experience it's what right all day every day but sometimes when Frazier and I would be working there would be this thing that would happen where like it was like our rooms were side by side so we were close enough together that we could talk but we had privacy of one another but our machines would start humming and they would hum as if it was one note and he and I were usually listening to like black keys or something like that so it was easy to like move to the rhythm of the music so if we're moving our hand at the same rhythm and then our machines are in sync harmonically you just have this soothing like buzz just one solid beautiful buzz and it almost like I think that's part of the thing that like hypnotized our clients to sleep but so that's been years since Frazier and I worked together and I experienced that. And I always loved that thing because it would like put a different charge in the air. It was like when our machines are in sync and our hands are in sync and the music we're listening to is in sync and our clients are happy and we're in a good mood. It's like the whole feeling of the room kind of elevated based on the the frequencies that we're blending from our two machines and then you throw in like the creative energy that's coming out of our brains at the same time so anyways long story short I always yeah I always thought that that was a really cool thing that happened between Frazier and I when we worked and I thought it was like a testament to the quality of both of our machines being similar and like the way we worked and handled our clients being similar and all of those things um but the cool thing is is for the first time since working with Frazier, I got to experience that again. Guy was working with a Cheyenne. I was working with a mast. So like opposite ends of the spectrum as far as like machine price. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I love the mast machines. I, I think they're just as good as any of the other ones out there that are so much more expensive. Anyways, that's a side note. It's beside the point. Um, <laughs> But my machine and Guy's machine just kind of like synced up and it was the same exact thing and the same exact charge in the air and the same like, you know, our brains were working. We were both concentrating the same. The music was on, but low or it had stopped. I'm not sure. And our machines were just humming together and our hands and wrists were moving at very similar speeds. So it turned into this like harmonic little symphony of sound. And like, I could tell, like I made note of it when I noticed it was happening, but I could tell like the longer we were in sync like that, the more like relaxed Lauren was while we were working on her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like once that, that charge in the room changes and those frequencies start being put out, it's like everything just kind Kind of of gets rid of all like the dissonance in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Like pulls us all together into one creative, like, I feel like your mood even lifted when this phenomenon so I remember you like pulled me over you're like check this out check this out come come close Kyle listen this yeah. almost never happened <laughs> I've never experienced that with coil machines before or with rotary machines before mm-hmm. 
but also how often do I get to work side by side with somebody where we're working on the same piece? We've brainstormed about it from the start. It was um, like same wave, like the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool that like, even though our machines are the tools that we used were totally different brands in theory, one should have been way better than the other, but like the sound and the feel would suggest otherwise. Right. So, um, so we just had somebody else join us. Maddie just got here. You want to come sit with us? We'll kick Kyle over to the corner. He's got dinner over there waiting on him anyways. I snuck a little bit. You snuck a few bites? I scarfed right before we went live. That's why I've got there. This episode has been brought to you by sustenance provided by Rallies. Big Bufords. <laughs> Here's how I ordered. Could I please have two Big Buford meals with Coke? I still haven't fired this thing up. I've been sitting here playing with it. That was like an ASMR video of you licking that. I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> Are you in here? I was like, no. <laughs> oh. Try to lick it more quietly. Sorry for all of those ASMR. Look it closer to the microphone. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. Oh, so you're just talking about how like one should feel more painful than the other when you're getting tattooed by two bars at the same time. No, I was talking about the harmonics that was created between my machine and Guy's machine when we were working together. He was like working. That. I just thought it was cool that he was working with like a top of the line Cheyenne and I was working with like my favorite mast machine. But oh, like I bought. Yeah. Yeah. So Bro, spending a, that money on that machine after spending all the money on like the crazy bougie ones made me a little frustrated because now when I go use the other ones, this one's like so smooth. I know. It isn't just, it like, mind blowing? My, hand, my hand's not as tight all the time. This the is weight. not a sponsored video, but like it should it's be where the weight is. <laughs> mm -hmm. It feels great. Um, it was like butter the first time I lined with it. I was like, oh. mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that's working for you as good as it is. I've got a little drawer full of mask machines that I've been trying. Where um, we can just ash in this little pile here and I'll flick it away. Do you have the lighter? It was lit, but then I'm we got we got to talking. It happens. Maybe you like that. Um, <laughs> So I asked Maddie to join us today because we're talking about collabs. Yeah. Jordan joined us from his room upstairs. He's, he's making caddy blasts up there. What's happening? Definitely blasted. Um, but I thought since we were talking about collabs, um, I thought it would be cool to have Maddie join us because she is still recovering from the collaborative yeah. piece. If you guys watched our Hell City recap episode last week, which I was still like super exhausted. So if I seemed out of it, it's because I was yeah. like, I was still in recovery mode. I was, watching, I was like, what's wrong like with fun? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you, if you were watching last week's video, you definitely saw Maddie getting worked on um, and it's healing up pretty beautifully for the amount of work you've got done. Yeah. It's been really comfortable. I left the bandaid on for um, seven days, the Senator. Mm -hmm. Um. And then after that, like, it was like, pretty comfortable. I've got, like, a couple little spots that are a little bit stabby. Yeah. I mean, like, two or three little nick spots. But that's mm -hmm. to be expected. It's something that big. So we did 24 hours in two days. The first day was 11. The second day was 13. And uh, this time, they worked on me uh, back and forth rather than at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and they worked on my thigh and cyan. They did it at the exact same time. So one of the things we were talking about earlier was, in my opinion, I think, collaborative tattoos should be 
broken up into two categories. I think there should be the collaborative, like the collaboration where the the idea is thought of together mm. with the like with or without the client. But anyways, the two at least two artists' yeah. minds involved from the birth of the idea all the way through sketching, rendering, application, right. artists going back and forth, tandem. Like to, to me, that is a collaborative tattoo. Every right. process, every step is collaborative. But the other category that I think should exist is the mashup tattoo. And I think it should be like given equal love, but in a different category. Yeah. Because you know how sometimes when you look at tattoos, you can definitely see this artist did this part, this artist did this part, and they, and they match them together. do them that way. On this one, they mm-hmm. make it so that like, the little monster beast at the top starts to kind of turn into the monster beast mm-hmm. at the bottom. So I could definitely see that where instead of it being mixed in throughout the whole piece where it's like, you can specifically see yeah. this artist did this, this artist yeah. did this. I like that. I feel like, I just feel like there should be another category that way. Cause I, I was, you know, sharing some stories about some tattoos that I've done either way. Right. Um, so I, I love the way it looks when you can specifically see each artist style. And that's where I think that should be in a category of its own. And then the actual collaborative tattoo is where like you lose track of which artist did what, what. or like, if you were thinking about it like this, like imagine the two artists and the client or the two artists or three artists or however many artists they think in such a way that they, it's almost like a whole new creative mind, right? A whole new creative approach and process because now we've got so many elements working together and we're kind of like picking on the same pieces of a, mm-hmm. a part of it to make sure that it's like the best piece that it can be that's a different kind of collaboration i think like yeah. you said than the like 50 50 you can see where so, caitlin worked and where jeff worked you know so this one i knew that they had you know different styles distinctly but like from this idea on they were rendering this and building it together though yeah. right mm-hmm. yep he built his part so uh, Jeff just draws everything on the Sharpies typically. So using stencils is really goofy for him. So he had trouble with the stencil part. Okay. Um, he like just didn't want to put the stencil on. Is that me that's rubbing or you? It's me. Okay, heard. I'm trying to find <laughs> I was like, I try really hard not to do it. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good spot. I listened back on the sense. first episode I was on with you guys. And it was just me going like, uh, like in and out. <laughs> um, but no, um, he typically would just draw with Sharpies. So a lot of stuff like pre-planned ahead is like different for him. Mm-hmm. So doing big collaborative pieces with Caitlin, he has to draw ahead of time and we'll usually use a stencil. Um, but I think he kind of just starts the monster and then Caitlin sees the bottom bit, like how it looks all crazy and squished or like slammed around. <laughs> um, so, so they've done, this is the second collab they've done on you. Yeah, they've correct? done two collabs on me and then Jeff just did a, a piece on his own on me. Your little smile. I'm really excited about that piece just because you're so excited about I'm that so piece. I'm so excited about this piece. I've been talking about it forever because I thought I had like a perfect amount of room underneath. Is my the video tattoo. up yet? Not up yet. Oh, it's soon as it is. We're sharing that. You have to also the B roll was priceless. The B roll was probably my favorite part. <laughs> I was like, Can you take a picture of me doing a titty drop video? She was like, Yeah, I was like, just picture of me, a video of me doing it and then him recording it because we were doing it. So all the way back now for everyone to be involved uh i got a gnome tattooed under my boot do you have a picture is there a picture on the grams or anything that we could think i have i haven't shared anything yet because i'm late like i wanted to wait for him to share it first you know being a good client i'll it's do okay my thing. It's right. but um i can i think i have like a little tiny video on my phone i could send over but um people don't talk about the problems with getting your under boob tattooed as somebody who has big boobs they don't talk about 
the fact that like you could get a cute little gnome and then you put your boob down and he gets all squished and like no one talks about that and that's something i think we need to talk about <laughs> something we need to talk about maddie yeah. so i got a sweet little gnome under my boob just living my best life and then i stood up too soon and he got all squished so the final tattoo i have under my boob is just a gnome that has been squished under my boob and he's like splattered and his um his dick and balls are out but first of all i need to i need to she keeps calling this her under boob and like most oh, sorry they call their under is like the under underneath of the boob on the ribs this is boob but, it's but this under. is actually the under, the under boob. boob the crevice yeah the under of the boob. i'm gonna send it's wonderful video I've over never to kyle seen the placement quite this clever send it to the uh, tattooing one. Yeah, yeah. Tattoo collecting. we're supposed to be talking about the collabs but we got distracted I'm by sorry, the, the it is the freshest it's the, the freshest you just got it's a day fresh. before yesterday yes so i sent the video <laughs> yes senator mom so you can't really um see him in his full glory <laughs> But I had this like vision forever that I was like, it'd be really goofy to have an interactive tattoo with my underboob. <laughs> I love it. You see like the stick man on the trampoline all the time. So the original drawing we put out for everybody to show them what I was getting was just this cute little gnome flipping everybody off. And it was on my rib cage, uh, basically. And oh. um, sorry, Kyle, I could have pressed the button. Yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> but I wanted him to be all squished and look all crazy and gory under there. So I think it's funny because no one else is really going to ever see him. And I could just be like, you know. When you walked play. up and showed me, I was like, what are, what am I looking at? Harry, <laughs> <laughs> when he saw it, he said, you know, this wasn't what I was expecting when you said you were getting a gnome piece. Um, but it makes sense that you did this. <laughs> and I was like, look how shiny the dick is. He was like, yeah, that's shiny. <laughs> but that's what me and like Jeff were really jazzed about when he did it. He was like, I'm gonna make this dick real shiny. I was like, do it. <laughs> he said he wants to make a whole page just called crevice creatures. So there's his little head and his eyeballs popping out, right? And his tongue's here and his little peeper came out and one of his balls came out. <laughs> it's all squished. <laughs> <laughs> i love him so this much the best it's so good <laughs> and like you really have to do work to i mean I, I i like had it prepped there in the video but you really have to do work to see him so like you, <laughs> so like it's like a whole situation i told you i was like i can't wait to do like two truths and a lie with people like i have two tongues a smush numb under my boob and i collect books you know what i mean like something <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's like uh Oh man, I definitely, you know, you're, you were right. You'll, you'll win two truths and a lie every time. And also I'm hoping to just clean up at most unusual every time we go anywhere. Cause that's hilarious. I think it's wonderful. Unusual. Especially if you like lift it up like this and you're like, you, and you lift and you're like, where'd he go? Yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you like accidentally drop it and you're like, oh no, we squished. The videos I like the best because like I let for 24 hours on my Snapchat story, everyone just saw that I was getting a gnome under there. And everyone was like, where's the picture? Can I see it? And I was like, guys, I was kind of ashamed to post it because like you got all squished. Like, <laughs> this, this isn't for big kitty girls, you know? <laughs> it's just a squish gnome. <laughs> it's so good. It's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it is, you know, well, we're on the topic of chest tattoos when uh, Adam and Ty were working on mine and they're like getting it laid out. And it was the day that they're like, like the flower of it, they had stenciled ahead of time. 
put a lot of the like growing like scroll work and like the you know ties rock right. forms like a lot of that was just sharpie yeah so like as they're drawing on me I was like man like it just occurred to me like if if I had larger breasts you couldn't even do a tattoo of this style on me that reads the same way and it was one of those like epiphanies like even being a tattooer it hadn't occurred to me like I knew that I wanted tattooed like all the way if I, yeah. if I was going to do my chest I wanted to go shoulders down all right. it's like one canvas but it hadn't occurred to me how different other women's bodies are and they don't even yeah. have the option to look at this piece of them and brainstorm the same way that I do and that's almost like that's the beautiful part of tattoos yeah. like if you even if you were to and there is somebody walking around out there with a really bad copy of my chest tattoo right <laughs> I'm real salty about they actually it are someone really stole your that's a thing that happens yeah oh yeah I'll show you the bad crazy. copy of that's it so wild it wasn't even do done that. yet when Ugh. it got like copied so but like part of it which is floral they interpreted it as like an octopus tentacle so it's really weirder than weird you know what I mean? Like um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see a bright glowing orange did their own thing flower. With yeah. You wouldn't see that with an octopus tentacle. <laughs> they don't go together. You do there. <laughs> <laughs> Bio has no rules, but it has so many rules at yeah, the same time. One rule maybe is don't make rip it up off yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a guy. It's a guy walking around. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, but like somebody like you, <laughs> even if you wanted to copy my chest piece or do something similar, you'd it have to go so about different. it so differently. Yeah. Like you'd almost have to like think of your body in different, either different layers, which you have. Like yeah. you, you thought that's about it thought like first this was the top, room. Yeah. this was the under, <laughs> and then that's belly. Yep. Where, yeah, it was hard. Like because uh, I knew I wanted my chest tattooed. Because for me. Like I was always really weird about, um, I was always like a really awkward little goblin, very like self-conscious and like myself. And the more tattoos I get, the more I appreciate that part of my body more. Mm -hmm. So there's just parts of my body that I was just like, man, I don't like looking at you. You stress Isn't me it out. It's funny how you can be incredibly self-conscious. Like I, I'm going to use, I'm going to use myself as an example. I used to be incredibly self-conscious about my legs and not even that I was big. I'm pretty much as big now as I have ever been in my life, but just showing off your legs. But yeah, I yeah. just, when I was in when I was younger and I was an athlete, I kind of like went overboard with it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you notice how, like when I get into something, I dive all the way into yeah. it. Yeah. I dive all the way in. Like I don't, Weird. I don't I go halfway. I know. I know. I either do it or I don't, I don't go halfway about things. So I ran hurdles. I trained with the throwers and I was cycling mm -hmm. like all through high school. So that's like a lot on my legs. Yeah. It, so they were incredibly muscly. Like the powerlifting coaches were like, damn <laughs> your calves have calves <laughs> yeah yeah it was like girl quit quit, quit ogling my calves right now Stop. yeah <laughs> but anyways like my legs were so big that like jeans fit me funny like right. I was so muscly that like they would be I, I had to buy my jeans to fit my legs but mm -hmm. they'd be big around my waist so yeah um, I mean, I still have stretch marks from how big my legs got so quickly when Especially I was when in you're high building school. that muscle and like you're at that age it wasn't and feminine. The, how fast you're doing it. Yes. It yeah. wasn't feminine. I didn't, I mean, I liked being strong. I loved what right. I could do with my body. I love, I love cool what I could do with limit, my body. And once yes. you get to that point, you have to go, okay, do I want to keep going past that? Cause I also body built for a while and the, you go through this weird point where I remember I hit, uh, 
like I leg pressed 600 pounds. I hit that point. I was like, boom, leg press. I did like five reps, boom, boom, boom. Right. Our and it was like very soon after my legs leaned out. Yeah. And I used to have really big legs. My legs leaned out, they got thin, which is like most, most people want when they go to the gym, but I was building muscle and it gave me anxiety. I was like, that oh, looks so man. weird to see your body. And like, cause it goes from such one extreme to like a different where it starts to like, just sit normal. You know what I mean? Like nothing crazy. And you're like, Oh yeah. I was really like the top of like my arms have always been pretty little, like, you know, I'm smaller chested. So I never like looked big. I feel like I don't even necessarily, I've got a little bit of a belly now, but I don't necessarily like look big. No but like my legs were massive. And when I'd like look down at it, it's like when I got into the blocks and I was getting ready to like, I was warmed up for yeah. my race and like, you know, as you're like sizing up the competitors, like my legs were always like the meatiest yeah. on the blocks. And like, when I'd like get loaded in there, I could, I'd look down, like look back at my legs and I just see like ripple, ripple, ripple. And oh, yeah. like, oh, oh, you're like, oh, but I'm going to get over right. these hurdles. <laughs> but so even now, like my legs are not near as muscly. I'm, right. I'm not as self-conscious now about the shape of them, but like even through like my mid twenties, I was really self-conscious. I just felt like my legs did not look feminine at all. You know, they yeah. were strong. I could do a lot. I feel like, like about like my abdomen area, I like guess. my abdomen, my back. It just feels very like, I don't know. It's just not something that I enjoy looking at. It doesn't fit. It doesn't look like me, I guess. It's that's kind of like my body. And I'm sure there's reasons people come up with like about that with certain people why they get tattooed and stuff and that's fine but for me like I don't know there's a certain parts of me that I'm just like man like I just don't love looking at that and I feel like if a tattoo a piece mm -hmm. of art can change that for me and make me love a part of myself that's the whole point of collecting this, a piece of this art. is the epiphany I had when <laughs> we were like early on into my leg sleeve like Adam yeah. started with the upper outer panel of my leg and and it makes you want to show it off. We had like two sessions in, like it was like the outline and the yeah. first layer of saturation far, far, far from finished. But all of a sudden I'm wearing short shorts right. and comfortable about it. Yeah. Like not subconscious, not self-conscious that people are looking at me, but like, I realized that people are looking because there's a tattoo that is nothing right. like they've ever seen before. Absolutely. So from that point on, it was like, people don't even notice that I have man legs or like the, the like, you're walking I'm, art piece. They just want to look at your art. Well, and like, then the other thing is, is and like, no one ever notice anyway, you know, outside not, of your own head, not to be weird, but yeah. like when a woman's thick like that, like having legs like Flojo, but not wanting that kind of attention <laughs> is not a cool That's feeling to have. Yeah, so like, I'm self-conscious because I look so muscly, but then there's certain kinds of people that would look at me and give me a whole nother kind of attention that I was right. not comfortable with. That was not with. what you, the goal was. Yeah. However, once I start getting like large tattoos on my legs, like they're looking at my legs, but it's a totally different kind. Like they're not like looking at me up and down. There's yeah. no judgment. There's no yeah. oogling. There's no, it's like, oh, I've never seen anything like that. Can I get closer? And then they're literally like looking at it as a canvas and piece right. of art, not like picking me apart. You know what and I it mean? Feels, I feel like it's like a safety. It feels safe behind them. It becomes sometimes. like an armor, yeah. huh? Yeah, for sure. It's almost like how I felt when I had a full head of locks. I mean, I've always hated my hair. I never liked the way my hair felt. I had a full head of locks and everyone complimented my hair where I went, no matter what I did to it. And it made me appreciate my hair more. Do you want me to tell you the, the single thing that I miss when I don't have my dreadlocks? And this is how I know I will have them again. Like I just know through every period of my life, I'm probably going to have dreads. Yeah. Um, my shadow. When I had my hair up in a pineapple, because I put it, I, I put it in a big, big, I put it in a like, so you know how like when you make the messy type of bun where you go to like make a ponytail and then you pull it halfway yeah. through and just let it hang. I would do that with my dreads and then I 
flip it so that all the ends stuck up on top so i called it my when when my when my dreads were short and you'd put them in like your first ponytail you have the pineapple Pineapple. yeah yeah so i I had the pineapple i love the pineapple i hated my fresh lock stage up until i actually got like like when I actually had long locks down on my butt. And then I look back at those pictures and I was like, they were so cute. Like, little guys. And I'm like, and I can feel them be like, this one's so much bigger now. Like my seven, I have, like, I have a couple of faves back there that mm-hmm. we kept seven for a reason. And uh, it was really fun. But same thing though, like the, the right. armor thing, like it's what it felt like was to hide behind that and not have to, it was the one time in my life I didn't stress about my hair at all. Yeah. Like oh. I always have been like, oh, you know, my hair didn't look good or my, uh, you know, it, it's greasy or whatever yeah. I was stressed out about. Mm-hmm. Um, being indigenous growing up, I didn't know how to take care of my hair or my skin or anything. So my I was just a greasy little monster. My skin are <laughs> the healthiest when I have dreadlocks. Like Same. I, I, I'm a year without them and I already have like psoriasis flaring up and stuff and I'm doing everything the same. I'm yeah. still like washing my hair infrequently, but right. like it's a protective style. I know, yeah. I know some people like will will say appropriation all day long, but I'm gonna say here's another argument. I think it's action versus intention at the end of the day. And I think it depends on like the first time I asked for dreadlocks. If you understand and appreciate I was three them. years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my, my uh, girlfriend's daughter has a lock in the back of her hair. She says she was two. I couldn't, one lock, I couldn't have them until like, I was grown. My mom wouldn't allow it. She was uh, like, no. Christina. She was like, let me brush that mop. Come here. <laughs> Christina was um, fully locked down to her butt cheeks, like natural hair. So she, like when Amelia, she just did a little one on Amelia mm-hmm. and it's like real long now and she keeps it and like, she loves it. And I don't think anything about it. I, I never had anyone approach me about my locks in a negative way. I think it was just, um, it comes down to like how you, I don't know, <laughs> action versus intention, how you acting, man. And like, do you know about locks and why they're important? And like for different cultures, like your hair is your whole heritage. I you know what I mean? Like, That's all you have. This, so like to appropriate, sounds, you know what I mean? There are people who can't weird. appropriate for sure. <laughs> but I don't think that locks always. This sounds can. weird when I say it out loud, but like it makes sense in my own brain. So bear with me. And yeah, if this sounds like cuckoo, I'm sorry. So I feel more myself with dreadlocks and yeah. I feel like almost like in an ancestral way like <laughs> when I when I yeah when I like look at my shadow when it's a sunny day and I look down at my shadow and I see me I see like this other representation of me right there but it's got these powerful like this yeah. powerful like headdress looking yeah thing and it like I feel like it changes the whole See, the aura reason that of you my appreci- shadow. Like the reason that you like earlocks and the reason you appreciate them is like, that's as long as you feel that, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's why you're getting into it. It's like that. For me, I got rid of my locks because it, um, in my culture, when you shed hair, whenever bad things happen, you know, and I was thinking about that. And like, as I learned more about my culture and learn more about myself and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's funny you say this it. because right before I cut mine <laughs> yeah. off, I really cut them off because like, all right, they're getting long. They're getting heavy. They're this far from touching my butt crack and I can't handle my hair touching my butt crack. Yeah. It's been a problem since I was a kid because it like, it grows fast and like, I, I just don't like that feeling yeah, when my fair. hair touches my butt crack. Not everyone shower. wants hair in their butt crack. It's yeah. just, I can't help it. You it's one of those, like, my sister did it when she was younger. I, I just it. can't. <laughs> it's, I can't deal with it. And I don't, it's a me thing. There's, I'm not judging anybody else you if your hair is that long. Good. That is fine. Yeah. Like you do you. But yeah. for me, as for me, nope. my house. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel right about cutting my dreads. So it was like, I think I'm just done with these ones and I'm going to do them again when I'm a little bit older. Yeah, but when you're ready for you them. You said again, you, you have seven. Yeah, I, I have had my 33. Seven. 
So I had my whole head. I had uh, 30, well, 33 is a good number. The side of mine was shaved. So I had 25 altogether. And then when we started taking them out, because I was like, I need to get rid of it. I need to, you know, feel better. And it was a really important part of my life with tattooing also, where I had just gone through um, like my first like year of being a tattoo artist. And okay. like, that was really important to me. And like, that was one of the reasons I wanted my hair anyway up was like, I, when I got into tattooing, like you said, you get obsessive about stuff. There's very few things in my life that I'll say that I got obsessed with mm -hmm. and tattooing is most of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Everything that just relates back to tattooing with all things that I like. Um, and for me, it was like, I didn't want to give any time to anything. I used to care so much about how I looked and every, I make up every day, all the, you know, and uh, I took a minute with my locks where I got to just be like, oh, I'm beautiful. People would just tell me I'm powerful and beautiful with my locks out and I could just be natural. And it gave me more time to do important things. Like I would just throw my hair up in a bun, wash my hair once a week and uh, would paint all the time or yeah. go and tattoo and all the things I was doing. Um, and then once I got into like tattooing, wasn't easy for me to get into. And I got into a lot of pretty icky ways to crawl up to where I am now, mm -hmm. but uh, I just kind of felt like I had spoken a lot of this negativity and stress. And like, I had let people that um, I didn't really um, relate with anymore, like want really to have any hold on me anymore. They had like worked on my locks. So they're in my hair okay. and that was in my head about it. So, so my sister started mine and yeah, if and when, awesome. if and when I, I do my dreads again, I'll definitely have Brittany yeah. do it for me. She's got a knack. First I'm, of no, all, I'm going to have you guys work She's on my got a knack. I really like that. I mean, <laughs> I've done, I've done them for a few friends of mine, but Brittany's fast. She's thorough and they're incredibly consistent. She's got a knack for it. She did them for herself once and she wore them for like three weeks and she's like, nope. Not for me. She likes running her fingers <laughs> through her hair. Like that's her fidget. She sits and just runs her fingers through her hair. Like we're with my dreads. I would sit yeah. and like, just like rub the end of my oh, dreads. Yeah. I just grab them when I was stressed. <laughs> I was like, I had like my favorite one that was real fat and it was like real matted because I was always touching it. <laughs> it was really like, flat. I always, so now when I'm in traffic, I just, I feel like I pick at my face really bad all over. <laughs> yeah. When I was in traffic, I always had my crochet hook right here. So I just like pulling the loose ones in like anytime I wouldn't stress I'd be like hey I'm running late shoot my text let whatever whoever I was so gonna go to me like my favorite thing ever was my girlfriend come over to visit and she's bald-headed now she took all her locks off she was like that was some heady shit you did I was working on my locks and I like did a dab off the end of my <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> she was like that was some heady shit you just did oh man I'm amazed we weren't friends during this time of our lives but no, uh, like back to the tattoo part of it, but the, yeah, it's like an armor thing, kind of like with my locks. And I felt like, uh, all those areas of my body that I was always really like selfish about, or like, like self-conscious about, or like, um, just kind of like insecure about mm -hmm. the more I get tattoos on them, the more I'm just comfortable being out and being myself. And, um, that's kind of why I like to tattoo because it's cool to let other people, like people who come in and they're kind of like awkward or whatever, and seeing them get more and more tattoos and seeing them be super fucking confident and like taking pictures, hot pictures on Instagram, like get it. <laughs> once I, once I had this epiphany about my own collection, I really started taking pride in what I could do for other people. Yeah. Like it feels if somebody, it, there are some people you ask them why they got this tattoo and they're like, I don't because it was cool. Right. Okay. Let's break that phrase that down. down. Let's like, break yeah. that phrase <laughs> apart. Like between you and I yeah, and yeah. the wall, we're yeah. going to break that when somebody's like, yeah why'd you get your tattoo because it made me look cool or feel cool or it's cool okay let's take that phrase and take right. it apart 
when somebody's like, oh, it's cool. I, I mean, want it because it's good. cool. Yeah, <laughs> it means I like it. It makes me feel better yeah. about myself. Yeah, I feel cool with this well, thing on my body. Yeah. Else on the planet can do that for another person. I mean, therapists can, but right. it takes years and costs a lot more than what we charge. Even the most expensive tattoos. Absolutely, yeah. I think when that you can it's walk really in, cool. yeah. take control of your body and then give that control to another person, like have control of yourself surrender it and then that person takes that trust and gives you all the power you ever wanted and you get up off of that table and you leave the shop more confident than you walked in that's a pretty magic thing just for you that's for the people that you're around too because I've always been a really self-conscious person just really anxious and my clients like like portray me as like this very confident bubbly person I'm like oh cool thank you and it's just because I have tattoos now so I'm not as stressed to talk to people because I know you're looking at these and not everything else um I had made that TikTok a while back where I was like you know I used to get really anxious about like are my clothes too much am I doing too much am I with my lipstick too much and it's like you do too much face full of tattoos and jewelry you are too much and you like it just do that that's fine you know do it yeah it's fine you're a little goblin and I think the more that I get to be that little goblin person the more confident I am just to do my own thing and isn't it funny how like they expect me to act messy. How if I do act messy, I, you already thought I was going a lot of times when I roll up. Isn't it funny how the more you like unabashedly just are yourself, the more permission you receive to be that? Oh, absolutely. It's so funny when I see people that have anxieties and those anxieties are kind of like that crippling thing for them or that thing that holds them back. In reality, like take that anxiety and just step on it and yeah. own it. You know what See, I mean? Mine, I had to just kind of, she's, she's with me all the time. We're very anxious. So I was kind of backpacked, backpacked her a little bit. So I have anxiety, very bad social anxiety, and I'm very talkative and I can do things like this just fine. And it's because my anxiety comes out like adrenaline, right? So in the moments I'm like, we're God, do it. And later <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I did that. That was wild. And I like will overanalyze everything. <laughs> and it's like a whole situation. <laughs> but for like, that's why everyone, like I grew up um, in a little country school and being a little weirdo that like ate art, like lunch in the art room and just worked on the wheel. You know, I was always, I, and, and I look back on pictures of me, I was a cute kid, but in my head, I was a little monster and I like hid away from everybody. Um, so a little bit of what I did to myself, you know, then as I got older, you know, all the things that people had always like picked on me about, like you babble, you talk too much. Oh, we went on a whole car trip and it just wasn't a moment of silence. Like that's a superpower. A lot of people can't talk to just anybody. Mm-hmm. I can roll up. I mean, I, that's how I met everybody here was just being nice and talking to strangers. I would have never worked here if I not just like went up and like, want to smoke some weed with me? Like, like I, I didn't know anybody. I was like, I like your art, You'll do tattoos or something. Like, <laughs> you know, like it just be nice and, and. I think that um, finding this industry was really important for me because now, you know, the having to talk to strangers and be able to babble at people when you're anxious, how, you know, a lot of people like to be talked to when they get tattooed, yeah. they, they can't talk to you. And if you can just hold a conversation with yourself, Jordan and I were actually talking about that the other day. Um, if he has time to tell you what he was talking about, it was really funny. But he was talking about like kind of, like, yeah, do you remember <laughs> Uh, no, you keep going. He was uh, talking about how he was like in the middle of a conversation with a client and uh, I forget what topic they had got on, but he like asked the question out loud and then like the client was like, yeah, and he was like, yeah. And he like went off of that and like started this whole tangent, like you thought, like he was just kind of like, he's like, sometimes at the end of sessions, I kind of just like word bomb people just kind of keep talking to him. Cause like my, <laughs> that's where my head's at where I'm like focusing up. I have to like have something else stimulating. So I start like mm-hmm. deep thought into things. 
And I think that's like as, as a superpower. You know, a lot of people feel just sit there awkwardly. I feel like here, here's the thing that happens to me. Like, you know, with, with most of my clients smoke. Right. So I, I invite all of my clients to smoke with me, but it's kind of like my switch. Like once I get to the shop, I come to the smoking area and I just kind of like shed all of my stuff that's going on, whether it's good or bad. Right. I just shed everything that's going on right. and it's time for me to switch gears into my client yeah. space and have them kind of switch gears into my space as well. It's just kind of like our, like, let's let it go. And right. how's your life? Da, da, da. So anyways, at the beginning of the appointment, when we're having our smoke and chill we'll call it smoke and chill um I kind of get an idea of what's going on with them and you know usually I can tell if there's something they need to talk about or if it's just a regular day um but then I I find that once we get upstairs I kind of I'll 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 prod them a little bit maybe but I feel like a lot of people just kind of like talk about things that are going on mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like here's what my kids are doing da, da, da. sometimes Here. out of pocket and I love it I'm not gonna lie to you sometimes I love those it's crazy but but I feel like the thing that I do is I like listen 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 and like as I'm working I'm mulling over their things and it also yeah. gets my brain reeling to similar situations that relate and then so usually we'll of, get how I feel I feel like sometimes I use my clients to like take ideas that I have to places that I couldn't have taken on myself and just use the opportunity as another human being who has no choice, but to get ear beaten by (laughs) moment because you can't do anything, especially the last hour of a tattoo. It's like, all right, well, we're going to talk. He can attest to it. We talked about aliens pretty hardcore a little bit ago and I probably just went off. I don't even remember, but I don't know. I do get to that point. Like last hour, last couple hours of a tattoo where like a lot of times, honestly, it's like throughout the whole tattoo, but I try not to be too ear beating. I mean, I don't want, I, I like to have the conversation, you know, I don't like to just be the only one talking, but sometimes there's so much idea that it's like, oh, all right, got it out <laughs> <laughs> about it. But I, I like that, just the idea of like, you know, just like a collab, like it's a collab on, a, on an idea. And I really do see it that way when I have conversations with people. And I really like to pry certain ways that some people are thinking just, you know, only for the fact of like, and not in disagreement agreement ways not usually that but like say like if i'm you know it'd just be like random shit like we're talking about ai or something like that like oh you know i don't know i just try to think of questions that like you know i want to know what other people think about that i want to know what they think about the idea that they have you know depending on maybe some pe- clients i have think about this way more than i do maybe some people don't think about it at all and everywhere in between but it is interesting to see like the different you know not that chat gpt or ai is like the point of the conversation but you know what I mean? Just in terms of yeah. random that I could come up with, because I am, I do think about that kind of stuff a lot. And it's always, tattooing is definitely my time to really get down and think about things like that. And, you know, I'm just kind of like stuck in my head the entire time, you know, as the artist too. And I don't know, I really, uh, I enjoy my mental space. So I like using that as kind of like a playground. If I can, you know, some days I'm really quiet, might not even be in a bad mood or nothing, or just like hardcore work mode, just thinking work thoughts or the, you know, it can be project to project, that's for sure, because sometimes I, I can shut right up and not work at all because there is so detail oriented, so careful, so delicate and all that, that, you know, it's almost, uh, I don't know, I just shut up. <laughs> it's like- it's kind of cool, too, with your clients a lot of times. My clients like surprise me all of the, like, like I had a uh, Lindsay when she comes in here, she'll just talk about stuff and I'm like, bro, you're smart, huh? Like, it's like when you talk to Jordan, you're like, oh, talk to you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> say more things. Like, I love that. <laughs> and it's really fun. Some clients just like, they come in and you wouldn't expect them to have some just like in-depth knowledge on this thing that you like. 
Like I have people come in all the time and look at all my taxidermy. And I've had some people just drop some hot facts on me about taxidermy. And I'm like, thank you. Or like, so I met my, um, or not met, but uh, kind of got back into trading uh, uh, my entomologist friend for bugs for tattoos. I do a little bug tattoo on him. And then he gives me a little bug. And then like, I look up the bug while I'm tattooing it. And I learn a little bit about bugs. It's kind of right. like school, you all know? Right. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like school, but interactive for me, you know? Hmm. it is crazy that like ebb and flow the give and take the the I shouldn't say take the give and receive um like between us and our artists I love when I work on somebody that's like space ages more intelligent yeah, than I, I am I'm, just keep I'm always like me. yeah just feed me yeah. more man oh, yeah. I, I do have I, I got a lot of clients like that and I love that I love that to death I just I don't know. I got one guy who's a, he's got a PhD. He's like a math teacher. He's got a PhD and he's just like obsessed with math. He loves math, like to its core, like we love art and like loves to talk about everything about it and loves to like, I like to pick his brain and on like, you know, mysterious, weird things about math. And he tells me about, I don't know, all this mysterious unknown shit about like math itself and how it's like an entity of its own. And like, so many weird things that I would have never thought about that literally make me want to just learn math at its core <laughs> is to like have that understanding. Cause then I see things from his perspective and I'm like, it really is such a, it's a gift, you know, when you know something like when you have, when you know something like that, that's also so fundamental to everything. And like the way that he sees things because of how smart he like, I don't know. Now I'm getting more on just like a math thing. <laughs> it just, it made me appreciate fucking something that I never think about like that so much i always think of how i don't like math and stuff and i know it's involved in a lot of things that i do but just shit i would have never thought would be so cool and might not even be cool if you explain it but then when he gets in the intricates of why exactly that's cool to mathematicians <laughs> why that's cool to whatever i'm like that really is the coolest shit i totally get that i have no fucking clue what you're saying but also that that's really crazy you know <laughs> So like having someone tell you a physics fact that sounds so awesome, but what it takes to actually understand that. It's just a little world. <laughs> I feel oh, like, like, you know, one of the things that I love is like, I really like paying attention to the other, the ways that other people explain and teach things because you can have all the knowledge, but to be able to pass it on to somebody in a, way in a digestible yeah. way like you can like jordan said you can ear beat somebody with data all day long but when you can like find the way to like connect to them and they're like oh i get it okay so it's like this someone to listen i'm you sorry say that again said i feel like i don't know it, people people really can't listen to you when you ear beat you know if you drone on for 30, 60, however plus seconds without giving somebody else a chance to talk. I realize it really is. I can do it all the time. And I realize that I don't realize what it's like for the other person to be listening. But then I'll sit and listen to someone who's irritating me or something like that when I'm experiencing that feeling. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling this because I, you know, haven't been able to, you know, whatever, or like, you know, whatever it might be. I just think it's a, it's always just like a give and take it. You know, you can really, really help people listen to you by like controlling the conversation in that way yeah, i think that's kind of like where um like my whole uh, journey right now like where i'm at is the more listen part because for a long time you know i get so excited about things when i get excited about them it's almost like the same feeling it takes you know what i mean like, I'm the, I'm the, I just babble about them forever and I, I get so excited i want to tell everybody about it 
And then when someone tells me something, I want to make sure that they know that I understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times I'll be like, oh, wow. And then I like want to help out too there. Um, and I think being here, it's been really helpful. I've, I've like caught myself a few times where like, I'm like sitting here and I'm doing a lot more listening to everyone else, like say some wild, like cool things. that's super helpful in my career. And it's like taking that moment to go, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I think with my clients too, I'm having that more now where before it was like, I'm just anxious. I'm just babbling, doing my thing, you know? Uh, now I, I saw while we're, while we're on this topic of passing on information, there's this post that I saw years ago on like, uh, it might not have even been Instagram the first time I saw it, um, but it, on color theory and how color changes in different environments. Um, and like, basically like, uh, the, the different spectral properties of like underwater, like the deeper you get underwater, how the spectrum changes. I said, I found, I came across this post again on a whole different page and I was like, Oh, I need to send this to Kyle. Cause I'm always like, anytime I see somebody that's like a really good color teacher or just dropping like nuggets, yeah, you know, I send, I I like stuff like that. So I I always make five screenshots throughout that. Like I was literally just doing a piece not too long ago where I was like trying to figure out how the colors move as it goes further into the water. I was like, this is perfect. Yep. This is exactly what I A needed. few years ago, Killian Moon made a post where it was stills from maybe not that same video, but a similar dem- demonstration to that video. And it, mm-hmm. it had the chart where it was like the video and then it broke it down to like every 10, 20, 30, all the way to 60 or however many feet it was. So you could actually see the spectral change. Can you bring that post up? Yeah, yeah. This is not tattoo related, but it is it tattoo is, related because right? we do a lot of underwater tattoos. Yeah. So why, why do I use limited red in my underwater tattoos? You're about to see, I'm oh, about to blow your mind. Disappeared. You're going to see, okay. Kyle's chewing it up right now. <laughs> Here we go. I'm doing a big old Kraken tomorrow. Watch me add some colors to like, color <laughs> yeah. weird water. Take, yes. take note. You're going to be like, okay, so I can yeah. use orange and yellow yeah. and pink, like, but not sir, red. Hear me out. Okay, here we go. Refraction. <laughs> refraction of the water surface so that's a really good example right there see how the the red starts getting a little muted and this brown over here starts becoming muted boom you don't even see those reds anymore now we've got what was orange is like a fluorescent orange what was pink is a fluorescent pink start to look underwater too you know we think we see we see things in cameras that have all the filters to add the color you know they're they have red, people that take scuba diving pictures have red filters you know they have all the filters for that they mm-hmm. add to get such high definition pictures but in essence or you know in you know in a lot of those photos you know a lot of those colors don't exist you wouldn't see them in your normal eye it would look a lot more gray when you're there in person like granted very beautiful red is like because you're immersed in it and it is everything does have color but it's funny how it's not as vivid yep so you can use little tricks like this to change your environment and atmosphere just by knowing like okay here's here's the laws of color in our environment and how we understand them but this is one of the things I like to daydream about is like, what if we change the properties of color? What if so we change like what the things I like to daydream so, about? <laughs> so, <cute. laughs> so I, I just love this uh, demonstration. Yeah. Thanks for sharing this. That's awesome. Speaking of nerdery, color. I love color. I could Speaking talk of color and, and light colors, day. Jeff said that he would like to come on here maybe sometime. He was talking about his experience of um, doing the art fusion 
and like how cool that was to like nice. paint next to people and like work on a painting you know like you know one of the things I was like, talking about last episode was how the art fusion experiment used to be this thing that was just going on behind like opposite of the main stage yeah. and it was just it went on all day but over the years like more people have started getting involved with it and like really good experienced artists have been getting involved with it. So these projects are becoming like successful and it's to the point where like, it's an event on the main stage. Like instead of having a band, we have art fusion on the main stage now. And this year, every single time they home runs over Mm -hmm. and over. Um, yesterday, uh, I was helping Kyle move something big into his house and I looked behind his door and realized he got one of the art fusion pieces. I was like, oh, Kyle. (laughs) But I was sitting there, I was sitting there looking at it and it was like, you know, that really did turn out good. Like everybody actually like tried to make something good out of this. And we got each time there were five successful pieces of, usually we're lucky if we get like one or two that look good, but there were five successful pieces of art each time. Everyone crushed it. Everyone on the bio one crushed it hardcore. The bio I, one was awesome. I thought we killed it. I mean, every other one for sure, but, you know, I guess being a part of the bio one is just, like, so cool to be with a, all, like, bio artists who knew how to take off from each other so well. I thought Jeff, didn't Jeff work on the bio one, too? Or was he on the bio? I wasn't sure. Um, Jeff was not on the bio. Was he on the bio? He was on Friday and Sunday. Friday and Sunday, cool. Was he on the same one that we did? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew I got to see some of the bio ones. Those are super cool. I, I appreciate I mean, we get to talk about this a lot. I am, I've got the bio bug, guys. She caught the bio bug. I got the here. bug. Really <laughs> <And laughs> bio. I hadn't uh, really, like, experienced bio. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't really know what that was. And I had seen some, like, shitty bio online, you know, that I just wasn't really into. Or, like, if I had seen people that had it, it was, like, I just didn't really get it. Um, but being here and seeing such, like, a wide variety of bio and what it can be and like how much fun you can just play with it and like make it into something else like there's this funny thing that happens when you work at red tree like when you work here long enough you have you somehow happen to the opportunity to go over to hyperspace and then there's always this like there's a point where like guy looks at you and he's like so why don't you have anything from me yet (laughs) and I just feel like that's like it's one of the side effects of the bio bug that you catch when you enter red tree yeah I feel yeah you know the emerald ash borer we have a bio bug everybody contagious I went around and I was like okay well that's kind of cool well that's kind of cool and then I went to hell city this year and it's all everybody doing the bio stuff and I was like oh quit it and I was like, well, maybe, I mean, I don't know new school or whatever, but maybe I could just maybe paint a little bio. And then I started a little bio piece with Sandy and that was so fun. And now we're doing like a cute little pixie um, garden with like a worm security officer and like, but it's like all fun bio and like weird ways that the like fruits are growing. And Sandy got me wrapped up. I forgot to even mention this earlier <laughs> when we were talking collabs, but Sandy got me wrapped up in a collab project or three collab projects with her and John Clue speaking of bio and collabs yeah you guys have heard me talk about (laughs) John Clue and his weird like bony nobule shapes he has these rad shapes that look like you've got bone cancer on the end but you just want to like touch it and it's got like cool light here warm light here perfect rich grays where they belong 
I want someone to look at me I'm the not way you look lie. at his bio. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My my buddy, Derek, I've done a lot of black work on him. Like he's got a, one of my bigger black and gray collections. And I'm really proud of all of his work. But his arm, we did like a black and gray bio kind of filling in and behind uh, pieces that he already had up top. Um, and they're all like, oops, oopsies. they're all like different bone shapes and structures so we've got like these rib bones that like it's like the back of his arm is like the front of a torso with Ooh. ribs and then those ribs kind of like form into like john clue like weird bones with knobs on the end um so i don't know like i've been openly inspired by his work a lot yeah that's so awesome i just love those shapes you're about to do a collab when do you get to start that uh well we're just doing um digital that so, one that's the one that you showed me that you had started yep that s-shaped one yeah so, so i'm yeah. gonna send that we to the the group message uh tonight and we'll see where I'm we excited go excited to see it when it's all done i um there's a little gnat that likes me um <laughs> i went to visit jeff um from golden yeti uh in tennessee and uh that was like over the weekend past at my memorial day and while i was there they got these cool ostrich eggs for every year they paint these ostrich eggs for the zoo mm -hmm. and then they auction them off to make money for whatever animal they're making money for and it's just super cool and this year they let me paint one with them that's rad yeah so i sat down and i'm like you know the things i do like goofy little weavers you know and i was like what am i gonna paint and i was like you know i'm just gonna start with a fun like glowy background you know <laughs> and i was like well, look pretty, nice you would look pretty cool here give me a little bio <laughs> <laughs> i started painting bio <laughs> and uh i look over and jeff's looking at me and he goes god you work at red tree huh <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh is this is that a thing and i didn't notice it I didn't realize me. until afterwards it I had me. the bio bug coming in. So I'm like, perfect. Feed my addiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, you know, it really, I, I didn't realize how, like, to me, I've always loved bio yeah. art because I'm an earth nerd and a science right. nerd. And when you just take you those things it that way, that's and why combine I liked, them, yeah. it just it's all the eye candy and science candy. And then you add the idea of making something look like it's growing or making it look yeah. like it's functional or making it look like it's actually like a load bearing structure for this other thing that's going on. Like, yeah, I just love those it's things. Fun. I, that's why yeah. I'm playing around with it, these little dudes. I'm like, oh. but basically you just you gotta... play around with it. Like it's alive. And I was like, I'm gonna make it sick. Like, <laughs> I get little boils. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And it's fun for me to think about it because like the way that I draw and the way that I think is, is more of that like goofy new school, very like, I don't know, very cartoony in my, like in my brain, that's kind of how like my little goobers happen. So when I was painting my, um, uh, like the ground growing, because you mm -hmm. said, think about it, like it's alive and it's moving. And I was like, how would dirt make a shape like that? I was like, that was a fun little thought, huh? And I was like, <laughs> stop it. I was like, oh, I see it. So like, new school people do some bio because i think that we could do some cool things here i mean okay if you look at crazy new school stuff if you could just think of some weird so, shit you could do crazy so stuff. here's the thing it's endless. i had this epiphany a while ago and the epiphany was okay if you if you look at a lot of my 
Yes, absolutely. If you look at a, lot, at a lot of my like incomplete work from when I was younger, I'd like do this real cool background and I couldn't figure out what to put in it. Yeah. Well, and then I'd get stuck. I'm like, push it to the side. Do this other real cool background and then I'll figure out what to put in it. Do another real cool background. Create an awesome space. No focal point. Push it to the side. So there may have been chemistry involved, but I was stuck on a painting because I built this really cool background and I loved it. And I put all of this thought into it and I had all these bricks, all these architectural things. And I was going to have something floating through the space, something. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I, you know, I was probably like 28 or 29, maybe. I was grown. Like this yeah. was a recent epiphany, if right. you will. Maybe I was a little bit older than that. But anyways, I stuck on this painting. The opportunity to play with some chemistry presented itself. And as I was like meditating before consuming said chemistry, um, I was thinking about this painting and I was like, I, I really want the focal point to come to me. Whatever is supposed to be in this space, I need that to come to me. So while I'm in the throes of experimenting yes. with this chemistry, it strikes me that the space is the focal point. Shit. I've, Duh. Yeah. Yep. Duh. Me experiencing this space is the focal point. Me making this window to this other space for somebody else to experience. They, in their experience viewing it, are the focal point. The space existing is the focal point. I didn't need to add another thing you because experiencing like, it was the thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, no, I love that. I don't need it. Sometimes I don't need it. <laughs> when, you, when you play with the chemistry, sometimes you have, a, like for me, every single time, I just call myself out on shit. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, that's the given. Yeah, you just call yourself out on it. And I definitely have been in my artwork too, where I'll be like, that's a little safe. <laughs> <laughs> I, if we, look, Andy Warhol said it best art is what you can get away with or art is what you can get away with or art is what you can get away with as long as you don't Any, fill it with, like mm -hmm. sexual things i think it's okay i mean even if you want to fill it with sexual things odds are somebody staring might at a buy very it. sexual <laughs> painting that you made right now sir <laughs> <laughs> it is it is thingin that thing be thingin for sure <laughs> Probably one of my favorite things to look at when I come out here. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you why. Just like a process, like you know what that kind of looks like. You know what it is. All right, let's just keep going with that. All right, well that looks like let's keep going with that. Keep going yeah. with that. It's dope. Just, yeah. So is this little monster thing that you've got here sitting in front? I'm gonna take a picture of this and is send it to Kyle. Is that like a shrimp knee uh, spawn? What is that there? The spawn of shrimp knee? Yeah, what is that thing with the crazy face? That's a, it's a caterpillar creature. I don't You're know very what cute. I just started, I, I, I don't know what was going on. I think me and Emily were just taking a bunch of shots one night and just like <laughs> painting and doing crafts and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I got all this. Oh yeah, I had a bunch of extra paint on my palette from working on the Triceratops. And I'm, I was just getting like, I was just starting to get a little, a little tipsy. And I don't know, I really, there's some pieces I'll work on if I get, if I get tipsy, but most of, a lot of my work, I just don't, uh, I don't, I don't drink at all when I'm doing Look anything. Look at this guy. That I looks act, like a little baby shrimp knee. Anything that's that little baby shrimp hours, I'm not going to do what I'm drinking. 
Yeah, no, look fair. at him. He's look at him. him. I always That's go through a, a little something here and there once in a while. I'll spend like five minutes on just adding a little thing here and there sometimes when I come in. So I sent you unsolicited dino pics today because I went to Kosai and I saw really cool feathered dinosaurs and I was like, oh my God, Jordan's going to love this. And I pulled out my phone and I just sent you some DMs. So maybe check those when you're oh, hell yeah, free yeah. tonight. <laughs> going on over there. It's pretty cool. There's some cool dinos there right now. I don't know if they're there all the time. I'm new to Kosai. Another one? That's awesome. neat. That other Jordan picture? This is the this only slightly sexual one that we were maybe talking about <laughs> so um, I love uh, you said, uh. <laughs> sometimes people don't don't even see you know it's like when you look at it as a whole and none of that really <laughs> sticks out until you start detailing it with your eyes oh yeah no it took me a while and then someone else mentioned that and i was like oh because to me it as just soon looked as someone like told me i was like i can't see that like. and i was like that's kind of a cool like very like maternal painting is what it felt like and then, and then everyone was like, they're all thrusting dicks. And I was like, I don't, what? What do you mean? There's not, thr there's thrusting? And then they were showing me, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> But then I look at it a different way, and I still love it. It's very, it's still, you know. Sorry, I didn't realize that first picture was so shaky. There you go. It's a fail. Look at this thing. You see that little embryo that's been staring so at us cool. this whole show? Every time I, like, look up and look lost, this is what I'm getting it lost in. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I keep peeping about it. Anytime I'm out here, I just stare at it. It's just eating. It's definitely it. when the prints happen for this one, I will definitely be getting one of those. It's very beautiful. What I love is like, I don't know, and I'm even thinking about it right now, is it just looks like it's like leading up to something. You know, it might be what it is, but like still when it's got a baby, it's kind of got that feeling of like, what is it going to be? Like, what is it? Yeah. It's somewhere and it's growing and might be moving what is this place that it's in it's so unreal while also like your brain almost like has to try to make sense out of it because of the few things that are kind of you know uh that your mind can grab a hold of the things that look kind of realistic like the baby or the the brain behind there like uh, definitely titties and sexual stuff but whatever oh, I don't know. love all those different weird thoughts you can have I don't have anything I was dictating it as, you know what I mean? Like I kind of go with it. I just intuition guides. Crazy. Another painting I'm staring at is Kyle's painting. And that glow that you're building up off the back looks like I could just grab inside there. Which one? <clears throat> Very bottom. Oh, okay. Very bottom left side. Yeah, I yeah. could just snag onto him. Off the top, obviously, but like that little bit down here that you're building out, I'm seeing on that. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. Thank you. And the top bit, I love all the texture on that top little spot, like the front bit. Mm -hmm. I like all that texture. I feel like I could just. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to like get back into that one soon. I've kind of put it on pause um, since Hell City. We can paint on it. Like you can paint on it when we do our paint night. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get back into my goblin. My goblin's been neglected for a while. I got mad. <laughs> Part of the process. Uh, Just a karma. It adds up. But I got like 10 projects going right now, so don't let me say anything. <laughs> it adds up in my brain. I know. I uh, started another I one. It. I'm like it's working on it a little bit, but I think no I need to. Like <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, I like look at that. Like, I like it when there's always something to work on. 
but there's something magical about when you have everything done and you're like, damn, I have nothing to do. Everything's up to creativity and what I can imagine now. But when you have five projects in up in the air, sometimes it's a little wild there to think about, about it that way. But I always want to start new shit, and that's my problem. You before Hell City was chaotic, I'm sure, with all the pieces yeah. that you brought in. Mm-hmm. And like gin. <laughs> it's like that's where I thrive is like in that like stressed out for art feeling because I just yeah. love I love that feeling unless that it's pressure. Like, unless it's like real, real stress or something right. bad. Like I need to do it because I'm going to lose a lot of money or I don't know, something like that. Uh, Or maybe even that. I don't know. I like pressure. I was looking at all the dinosaurs today and yours totally could just sit right up there. That is a museum quality piece, Jordan. And and the the pieces that I was looking at in there, like the ones they had built, like they were very beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but like probably janky compared to his. It did. Like half the feathers. It did. It looked, it looked um, rushed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, your, your piece definitely looked more real where these ones, I could kind of pull apart the areas that weren't, you know, and with yours, it's like, you even look at his butt. <laughs> One of my clients said, I said, did you get a chance to go see Jim? I said, yeah, I uh, went and I looked around and I even looked at his butt. I was pretty crazy. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? I was like, his little, his little tootsies know, back here. I was like, it's so cute. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you've seen the front, but have you seen his butt? Have you looked at his butt? Tim? I'm like, get up on did you say his name's Tim? Jim. Jim. Yeah. Jim. Jim. I love looking at all the parts where it just like kind of converges into one from like three different angles and watching just how you like laid all that perfectly yeah. flowing through. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, it was a definitely a learning experience. And I'm going to be honest, that thing was, it's just so crazy. Like it was the coolest research project ever. I just learned so much about dinosaurs. So much remember- about, there's so much about fucking turkeys so much about pheasants <laughs> how feathers were how feathers work in every way you could imagine almost like i was just because everything would lead me to more and then even if i wasn't do working on it and i had any sort of downtime i'd be like looking stuff up just so i could try to learn more so the next time i go back at it I have just like a better understanding of it yes yeah, so crazy. there's jim i remember <laughs> when you were first starting this you were like how would you do feathers on something like this and i was like well <laughs> I started the tail and worked my way forward. I was like, say no more. I literally like that night went home and probably started feathering. He's so cool. Yes. It is great. I mean, in person, it's so crazy. I got up right next to him and stuck my tongues out next to him. I was like, I mean, Jordan was talking about this thing and he was showing like little pictures of progress and stuff along the way, but I did not imagine it to be this intensive like you really knocked this one out of the park yeah what's going to be your next feathered uh, project um i'm not 100 percent positive i've been trying to think about it lately i have quite a few dinosaurs i'd really like to work on i really you know, do jordan want- have you thought about like maybe taking this to museums or taking some photos and videos of this to museums and being like hey like is this something you'd like this be thing- interested in buying or commissioning or me to do more of having up for a period of time <laughs> even if you're not ready to separate with them you know <laughs> I would make another I would commission all day I mean I want to make another one like that and I was surprised at how quickly I was able to put it together to be honest it took like a couple hundred hours but I was able to do it in a month which is quicker than most of my paintings that's crazy and I don't know I'm going to be honest there was a gratification from it that was just so cool because of how much I learned every dinosaur that I do like that it's just insane how I don't know how much knowledge I've learned about so many different art forms at the same time like 
dremeling and airbrushing and then feathering and then even airbrushing feathers and then using epoxy sculpt and all the intricates of epoxy sculpt and then being able to dremel and work that after that's cured and oh, there's just so many things i never really i don't know it was just so cool to involve it all in one i mean so much woodworking as well it just like i couldn't have done if it wasn't for you know so many of the investments i've made in myself and so many like the other things where it's like oh shit i have this to do this and this to do this there was nothing that was like keeping me from making something happen where I was like, oh shit, I'd like to do this, but you know, fuck, you know, I, I gotta get that, do this and that. I was like, you know, everything was so, not, I wouldn't say necessarily everything was so reasonable, but everything was so easy for me to grasp in terms of like, oh my God, I know how I would do that. I know how I would do that. I know how I would do that. It's like, oh shit, you know, I could use wire to make a normal base for it. And I could break that wire down into each segment of its bones and use multiple, uh, or just like, you know, keep using wire and things to like kind of replicate bone and just keeping the same size and mass with that all around the board would keep the anatomy pretty, pretty solid. If I was consistently just trying to be as precise with those things. And then the way I was wrapping skin and joints and just working my layers, how I would like wrap plaster around the wire in ways that would like the skin would grow over it or how I would imagine the muscles and the knuckles and stuff. And when I had questions of things that couldn't be answered because, I mean, there's only so much th that we know about these things, you know, I'd look towards turkeys and I'd look towards pheasants and, you know, birds that we have around. But then there was also the question of like, what birds should I look at, you know, because they're descendants of birds, right? So like, you know, you think of a raptor, you think of raptors that are around now and you think of like a really cool bird you want to be like, oh shit, yeah, fuck, I'm going to go eagle style and do like eagle stuff or something like that or something, you know, big and mean and badass. But then you're like, wait, they don't fly. They wouldn't have wing feathers like that. You know, we know they, you know, we, we do know that they didn't fly like there's, so if things wouldn't be set up. I couldn't look at an eagle wing, you know, that wouldn't be right to look at anything that would have that type of flight feathers. And plus just way arms, yeah, I don't know. you know, looking at more ground birds made more sense than anything. And mm -hmm. Definitely would came to the feet. I definitely researched uh, cassowaries and like ostriches a lot and went through a lot of those to try to get the shape and the detailing on the feet. And then even for some of the textures on there, you know, I made a lot of texture stamps, even out of clay myself. And stuff I did do that I didn't end up putting on there is I, before I knew that I was going to feather, I did want to feather it, but I also wanted to do, I had some ideas for like some neck stuff and like some like turkey giblet type things. Little, uh, <laughs> turkey gizzard like waddles and like something like that and just having some flapping neck skin so i i you know learned about learned about silicone in a way that i have and casting silicone and silicone and then ended up getting some like dragon skin smooth on silicone that's just like i mean it just feels like skin i mean it is like oh, that's cool it's crazy awesome stuff to work with and then i don't know i spent a while learning that casting process a couple years ago or last year year or two ago and i'm like damn well, i want to try that out and knew i might not use it but i wanted to just spend a day doing it just to see what i could do and so i sculpted a, a couple like tessellated skin pieces so like imagine like skin pieces that could fit together if i wanted to like four or five pieces that could fit together on a bigger scale if i wanted to connect them to and but like then made you know just that one neck gizzard part but i wanted to cast all of these different pieces just so i could reuse skin over and over just keep casting silicone and having like a tessellated skin thing but 
Yeah, I just ended up casting that clay using it, and the results turned out exactly how I wanted them. But I wanted Isn't it crazy how, like, isn't it crazy how, like, sometimes when you just, like, take the leap and you're like, yeah, I'll just learn how to do this thing, and you never know how it's going to come in handy. But when, like, this idea occurs to you, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can do literally everything it takes. Like, like I swear, if you see it's not going to be easy, but, like, I can do every step. I like to Emily. I know I do. Like I like I look probably manic as fuck. I bounce all over the place. I'm <laughs> one thing, and then I'm all over the place doing different things, and then I'm researching one thing, and then I got my computer hooked up to my TV, and I'm going through, you know, 3D images of different things, and doing, and then all of a sudden, you know, shit. I got a break from working on the dinosaur. I'm gonna go fucking work with my vibration pad and my other little science experiments that I got going on. They have nothing to do with that, but oh my God, so bad in my head. I need a little bit of time to do it because mm-hmm. so busy with the other thing. I'm like, cool, my little break, I'll do that. When it's like Emily's watching me literally just pace back and forth doing all these things. And she's like, when are you literally just going to sit down for a minute? We need to smoke a blunt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how long? I'm like, how long? I thought we smoked a blunt like a half hour ago. She's like, it's been eight hours. <laughs> like, four plus hours. In the best ways, in the best ways completely. I, but like at the same time, I know I can get a, I get a little, I don't want to, you can definitely say ahead of myself because I just go so hard and obsessive. But when I'm following that like intuition in the moment, there's just like this inspiration and these dopamine hits and stuff that like, it just becomes like a drug for me. And then information becomes a drug and information on what I'm doing that enhances that. It's like a drug and realizing between chat GPT, between everything on the internet, YouTube, everywhere. There's nothing I can't learn. So if I constantly come up with questions of like, what is it that I want to learn? What can take this to the next level? What is it that I don't know that could help this? You know, whatever it might be, I just follow along with that as far as I can. And I mean, honestly, that's like what I've been trying to do as much as I can, you know, getting, you know, any project I'm, I'm in now, but I'm in, but the dinosaur was a huge one like that because it was just so, it took so much and it took so many stations, I, you know, to, to make happen because it took the woodworking, it took the sanding and the dremeling and the airbrushing, the feathering, hot gluing. You know, it took so many different things. So there's so many times where things would have to dry and I'd be like, all right, that's got 10 minutes to dry. Cool. I'm going to go research everything I can about turkeys for a little bit. I don't know even as manic and crazy as it seems when you pull off a project like this it makes it seem work worthwhile when you to complete me, it's, one of your it's the most paintings. It's, it's wild that is the reason i mean why. for for That's anybody to, perspective to, for, on the outside sometimes seems other. yeah for anybody to look at it though like you or know if you have to be my partner and deal with me in life outside yeah. of the part that looks cool it's yep. not as positive all the time not that it's super negative but you know I mean? But it, it makes it worthwhile when you have these things to show for it. You know, right. if you were bouncing all over the place and you didn't complete any of these amazing ideas or you didn't see any of these amazing ideas through, that would be the shame. But when you accomplish something so cool that like is a museum quality, like yeah. showcase. Piece. Seeing the dinosaurs, and it like, was underwhelming. I was know, like, oh, I mean, I saw like a real dinosaur the other day. <laughs> well, like, this is cool, but. <laughs> Jordan and I have like gone yeah. round and around and I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to kind of put both of us on blast, but like Jordan and I have gone round and round. Uh, for instance, he was like the, the, the back and forth that we had was he was like, you can totally paint oil over acrylic and vice versa. And I was like, no, you can't. And he was like, yes, you can. I've done it. It worked it's successful. And finally, one day 
I was like, if you want heirloom quality art, you can't do that. Eventually those layers will delaminate because they're not, you know, the whole yeah. chemical explanation of why you can't do it. But it was like, if you just want to sell your work and put it out there and you don't care about it lasting hundreds of years, okay. But if you're going to put hundreds of hours into something, you, you should do it yeah. right so that it lasts and it's an heirloom piece. And I could finally see it click in Jordan, like in that conversation, in that long exp explanation that was like, you know, we'd worked on a lot of projects together and, you know, we've talked about so many art things, but it was just this like one that thing that kept that coming up. It was like the yeah, it was this, longevity of it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like, if you want it to be heirloom quality and to hear the way you're talking about all the work that went into your dinosaur, it's like, man, finally that epiphany set in and it made all the quality and structure and all of the like making sure it's right to make sure it stands the test of time. Like, yes, you can do it. You can mix anything and make right. colors that look cool together, but do you want it to last? Right. So funny. Yeah. Emily makes fun of me all the time and I do it all the time. She makes fun of me and then I still just do it unconsciously all the time. It's like, you're like talking about a piece of art or something like that. It might even be a tattoo or someone else's sculpture or a painting or something like that. And she'll be like, that's really cool. I'll be like, hmm. Well, I don't know. I'd like to see that like in 500 years. Sarah, like, that's not gonna <laughs> like her, her thing. Her joke is that like, I'm always like, when it comes to a piece of art, if it's not going to last 500 years, then like, like why bother? Why bother if it's going to fall apart in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years? Like, what if this person you sold this thing to, they fall in love with it and they want it to be an heirloom piece right. and it's their signature thing. It's their, but it's and not going to hold piece. up. Yeah. That'd yeah, be a shame. Beyond, sorry. I was going to say for me, it's beyond like, of course, I want it to last 500, you know, 500 years or something, but it's almost like that's not even yeah. the point as much as like, did this person do everything they could the best that they could to turn that, you know, to, mm -hmm. to really do what they could Yeah, It might've been limited knowledge and some of that might've been like, Hey, how can I make it last longer? But also let's say, you know, that let's say, you know how to make it last longer, but putting oil over acrylic is easier than waiting all your drying times you know, and that's going to take to tint and do all, all of that. You know what I mean? And then, mm -hmm. so like, I don't know. I feel like when you can see those things, people take the easy ways out or just like doing things for the sake of habit or doing things for whatever, but they're not doing it. Not necessarily because someone says something's the right way to do it, but when you know there is like a better way and you're choosing the easier option, not like an alternative that's good, but like you're, it's you an know, integrity thing. Something can, where you know something can last 500 years, or you know something can is going to last 50 to 100, but you only care because that's your lifetime. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a whole yeah. level of caring that shows in things that sh it goes beyond like how much you actually care about it lasting 500 years. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's the question of like how valuable is your our own art to you? Mm -hmm. I think Derb saying um, had that conversation with me when I came to visit, and he said painting is super important for us all to do. Like it's important for us to make art outside of tattoos because eventually all of our tattoos are going to die. And so will we, mm -hmm. and then we're just somebody that people who really like tattoo history know about, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's instead of something okay. that we made tangible art, that's going to last forever that people can see. And like, you know, I care about my art and that's like, that's a whole part of my existence is just making beautiful art to have out there to share with people. So like, I want to be able to have that carry on past me too. Like I have an art collector. That's one of my favorites. And he like gives me an update every year about how much he loves his paintings. <laughs> his set is this huge set in his, in his loft. And um, I used to sell back in my, back in my hustle days, I used to sell paintings on Tinder. 
I would just nice. put, a, I'd put a couple of thirst trap pictures and then a bunch of paintings and people would hit me up and someone would be like, that's a really cool painting. And I'd be like, buy it. And he did. <laughs> nice. And then he had another one got like, he bought another one. Um, but it's just really cool that like everywhere he moves, he makes sure to send me a picture to let me know, like, this is where it's hanging now. It's my favorite thing here, you know? And that's like real cool to have. So like mm-hmm. thinking about that too. Now, when I make pieces, I have that in mind too. Like, this is really important to somebody, yep. which is a lot of pressure sometimes. And I think it kind of makes me stall a little bit, but it's really cool to like, know that that's something I, that you can be in someone's household. Or... I think about how like special my original pieces are, like the ones that I've been fortunate enough to collect. I've got a lot of Tom Strom work. I've got a guy piece, um, you know, a lot of the glass collectors that I've gotten things from are pretty yeah, prolific in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I love knowing that those pieces were built with integrity. Like you, like being an artist, I can see the process and I can look right. close enough to even learn from them. You know what I mean? Just by having it and being able to see like the light pencil lines that you right. can't see in a photo or a print. But when you have the original, you can see it. You can, you know, you can see which direction gravity was pulling the pigments in the watercolor you know what I mean like there are just such subtle things that you can see that you can't see in print and I I love having those things and I love you know preserving those things yeah um I feel like you know there's nothing wrong with like student quality art or you know like it's there's nothing wrong with it. If it's a mixed medium project, right. I'm not looking down on that whatsoever, but you know, one of the the big points is if you're putting your heart and soul and energy into something, don't cut corners, right? You're putting everything into it. You just know? Do it all the way. Yeah, yeah. Just do it all the way. Cause yeah. by the time you're 400 hours in, you're going to be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have shortcutted that step. Right. Now I got to spend 50 feeling hours right. undoing it. Feeling like a thousand percent is like when I get two, 300 hours and I'm like, damn, those little decisions I could have made in the beginning because mm-hmm. I might've been lazy. I didn't want to wait a few extra hours. I didn't, they don't matter at oh, They matter a lot, but hugely later on. But when you got that much time into something, like you start to just feel so silly about the little things you didn't do in the beginning. It's like, so I don't know. I feel like such a psychopath. If I don't do that, it's just like, uh, what's or insane you know insanity you know you just keep doing it you don't learn your lesson it's like wow, how many times am I going to paint a 300 hour painting before I stop putting oil on top of acrylic or something like that you know for example it was it was pretty cool though because your arguments did check out you're like but I've done it and it works and you know for me when I was a young painter I did not understand the difference either I didn't quite understand the chemistry like I thought I did and I thought once it was cured it was good too but once it was broken down like that to me like if you're gonna make heirloom quality work you should make heirloom quality work and And then the respect of whoever you're going to sell it to if you want to sell it for a respectable price you have those are things you have to do Mm -hmm. right because you don't like they want to they want to buy a piece of art that's going to last forever who cares about your own thoughts of like you know, oh, I want it to last forever or not. It's like now it's, they own this piece. Like they want this thing to last forever. That's what people mm-hmm. want out of oil painting. It's like why people spend money on an oil painting. If people that are art collectors understand that to know that they, it's going to last. There's a reason why they're investing that kind of money in something of what went and- in and all. But when things were, corners were cut in 50 years or in 20 years, you know, it starts 
chipping off or something or exactly what you're saying, you know, things mm-hmm. would get weird. I'd be pretty upset if I spent, you know, 20, 50 grand on something. Yep. But also regardless of being upset, just like, because who knows at that point, maybe they care, maybe they don't, but at the same time, it's a painting that you want to last forever. Yeah. To be fair, we're not, we're not knocking on acrylic painting at all. Like it's it's just acrylics have come a really long way and they're very, like, they're very good now. They're very light fast acrylics out there though because it's hard you know oils you have tried and true it's like science you know acrylic you have science of like 50 years you know what i mean like we mm-hmm. don't plastics last a long time out there but we, we really don't know what they're going to do 500 years from now you know they might literally boil at the surface because we didn't realize plastics do that after 200 years right yep <laughs> but oils we know what oils do yeah. over years and years we know how to preserve them we know how to clean them we know how to restore them like all the things i think the difference to like when you talk about like the how acrylics come a long way too um i think that the brands i know it seems so silly but like the types of paint that i was buying for a long time mm-hmm. i would just buy the cheapest stuff so i'm like it's just paint it doesn't really matter like and then once you start using some good colors you know, like oh man really and i think about how like the colors i was using like i was using a burnt sienna that was very cheap and then I bought burnt sienna and, and it was not burnt sienna. You, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like all these great. colors, I was like, damn it. Like these are like base colors I was using and they're not even the right ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. With my oil colors, I mean, for years, I've pretty much just used uh, like Winton, you know, Windsor Newton. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like your basic midline oil colors. There are some others thrown in that's my palette where yeah. like, you know, somebody might've gifted me this or that that's or the gambling. other. And, gambling. Yeah. Gambling yeah. stuff's good. Um, but the more like basically like now I'm buying um like instead of like the hue like the crimson red hue I'm actually buying the like the real deal and I just need the littlest tiniest amount and the way I like dilute it with my solvent and liquid like like, pigment (laughs) stretched it right out um yeah like when it the quality paint quality oil paints are the most uh <laughs> they really are oil paints really are very very toxic that's fair but you see how i do everything teeny tiny and everything's in the smallest amounts in my little yes, kit do. i don't so. if those things don't matter as much i feel like definitely but i see like the painting that you the painting you guys are just showing of mine right there mm-hmm. everything you see right there it has all lead paint in it it's like, I was going to say, because we're both on a lead white kick as well. So that's like, <laughs> yeah, right. well, once like, I got turned on to that, I was, I, first of all, I wasn't going back, but also I was like, okay, loving up for sure. Right. And I, it's, honestly, it worked it's, after using titanium for so long, like it's crazy how much I love it. I could, I could talk about mm-hmm. why all day, but it's also really good for base, you know, or really good for breaking down colors with, and, mm-hmm. you know, making a large amount of colors without getting too saturated and things so i use a lot of it for everything that's happening in that image except for maybe my coolest tones and uh it just makes for very heavy lead base so don't go <laughs> licking it no it, more it, I mean, it you, should, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be lipping your oil colors anyways guys I really, to be honest i, I hate wearing really don't white. like i don't like that always now kyle got me wearing gloves Kyle was set up out here one day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint. 
I got all my stuff out here and then Kyle had a glove on and I was like, okay, so I put gloves on too. <laughs> he said, I'm like an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, everyone wears gloves. All right, we're wearing gloves I out here, Peyton. Love, you know, you guys, <laughs> I mean, the past 10 years have flown by for me. Like I started oil painting, I feel like probably like 10, you know, it was like eight years ago or so, but it literally feels like a couple years ago. It also feels like a lifetime ago, but still time's passed for so long and I've spent so long not wearing gloves doing that. Granted, I wasn't using a lot of the toxic colors back then. I was buying a lot of hues and cheap colors. They're usually not as toxic, to be honest. Cheapies are mm-hmm. are healthies, <laughs> usually, just because yeah, more expensive for the mineral. But uh, then after, I don't know, I was never cared about oil paint being on my fingers, like being messy when I was being artistic or being creative or anything, working on stuff, didn't care. You know, for me, it was just like a product of what I'm doing. Don't care. Wash right. my hands, done. And now, like, I've just so worried about things adding up you know what i mean like you know having now having like working on something i have hundreds of hours in am i gonna have hundreds of hours of lead paint being on my hands you know that's so easy for things like that to happen now yep yeah i hear what you're saying it adds up too yeah i always try to be mindful of even just like dermatitis because like i'm like naturally i feel like i'm prone to like dry cracked skin anyways so just keeping solvents off of my skin, like some people will literally wash up in mineral spirits after yeah. they paint. I go to the sink and I use the Gojo. Okay. Yeah. That, like, like, that, like, yeah. Nice give you some, that hummus, yeah. Give you some of that citrus. I like those like nice pumice soaps or the, uh, the artist this, soap. This it's winter, the winter green bar. Mm. Awesome. Conditions your skin, scrubs all those chemicals off. My mm. partner decided that he wanted to learn to paint and I love it. It's like awesome. Like I was really excited for him to paint, but he had started painting when I went to bed and he had never painted before. And I came out the next morning and he had gotten into oil paint and oh, we no. have every medium in my house. You could do whatever you wanted. There's every the wrong one. And he picked oil and I, <laughs> I had a heart attack. There was blue everywhere. There was his, like he had dropped it or whatever. And then my dog had smeared it. So now I'm like, Oh my God, there's fucking oil paint on my dog. So like immediately I'm like wiping the dog, like trying to clean him up. And then I'm like Those cleaning the house up and it was so stressful. And I, I, he was so excited too. Like when I woke up the first thing he said, he was like, I painted like, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, Oh my God, he's so excited about art. And I love this. So I was like, Ooh, and I went out there and I like my whole body just filled with just like, oh my God. Cause like the, the, like he uh, took something random to use for the oil paints mm-hmm. and just globbed tons of it. And I, that's when I had, I, mean, I had just invested all my nice paints and things. So like very expensive endeavor that happened that night. Well, and I was like, well, we've learned that. So I had to like wait throughout the day until I've calmed. And I was like, hey, baby, this painting is so awesome. And I'm so excited. We need to talk about oil paint a little bit. <laughs> and I think maybe acrylic is your jam for the moment while we're learning. While we're learning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, it was a lot of anxiety. And then when we moved, I kept finding more of it, you know, because he, oh, no. he was like, well, Bob Ross. I was like, don't talk about Bob Ross. That's the, you don't fling your brush like him. So I knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, no. He said, Bob Ross. I was like, don't talk yeah, about him. In the art studio, don't not talk about him. Room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You just got to beat the devil out of it. Yeah, that's what he said to me. And I was like, nope, you did. <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> man, oh man. I feel like we've had a pretty rad conversation today. We talked about collabs the first half, yeah. and then we got down some super rad rabbit holes. Anything great. else you guys feel like we need to talk about today? Feels great. I mean, we've been going for a couple of hours now. A couple of 
couple of hours and 12 minutes. Oh, somewhere in there. I felt good about it. Really good. Yeah. What episode was this today? 133. 133. I can't believe how far we've come. Like, not that that's like a milestone number or anything, but before we went live, before I accidentally talked Jordan into joining us, uh, <laughs> uh, we were just talking about how many episodes we've done and Jordan was like, you know, maybe missed a few here and there. And, you know, we probably only missed maybe five or six weeks the whole time, really. Like, we're pretty steady about it. A few weeks ago, we missed one, but we didn't necessarily have anything lined up. And we all kind of like, I think, simultaneously had things coming up. So I was just like, "Eh, you know, let's do one next week. I was texting you in the movie theater about it. He said, do you want to come on the podcast? I was like, (laughs) <laughs> I was like, doing that thing. He was like, well, I was like, I'll be on the podcast. <laughs> He's like, okay. Did you say it in that voice? Absolutely. That's how I, that's how I talked to him. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's my love language, actually. That's what that means. There's this guy uh, <laughs> that I follow on Instagram. I can't think of his name right now, but when we get off of here, I'm going to have to find one of his videos because in my head, this is how Harry talks to you. But I feel I like he's probably it. way calmer because every time he comes here, he's, he's so chill. I am all of the energy that we need. So he is like chili beans. <laughs> he is like, yeah, he's exactly what I need. And I'm going to be like acting all wild, like like with the homeless man and everything. And he's like, like, and he's I support like, you, but just turn it go, down a little bit. Hey, don't do that. That was, that was a little much. <laughs> you know, or well, like, like the other day he came here and I he was stuck out in the, the little, the little uh, glass case of emotions. Yeah. And then he left and then he, I asked him to come back and then I forgot him out there again. You know, he just he used some shenanigans. The, That's what the, I mean. <laughs> the, the fatal mistake there is that you had your phone silenced. I silence mine often, but I have the little flashy light on it. I have my phone face. I have, I I have the flashy light. It's weird. I I have a, I see my massage therapist like every few weeks or a month or whatever. And usually when my phone goes off, it like lights up the whole room, like the police, even though it's silenced, but it just like flashes three times. If I get a text, I have a couple, uh, if I have a couple or a few people message me during our like, session it'll like flash three times and then like a minute later it'll flash three more for each message so it like just keeps lighting up and I'm like I'm sorry when I'm working it's much less distracting for me to just see those little blips than but I know if you yeah. don't expect it it is kind of startling anyway expecting him though is the thing is I said turn back around and I'll let you in just text when you get here and then I was like which is just kind of our whole thing but he's pretty chilly beans yeah. patient yeah very patient yeah yeah okay, okay. yeah anyways i'm gonna have to show you this guy because this my is. my mental the mental him. voice i have for him is this are you, Matt, are you talking about harry yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. harry's the best everyone loves harry he tries not to meet a lot of my friends because he knows he's going to steal them away from me so he's very kind about that he'll tell you that too he'll be like the reason i'm not around a lot is because you're gonna fall in love with me like he'll, he'll let you know like, i'm the best <laughs> when he does talk it's his little blurps you know what I mean Devin friends. would you like to hop up here we're talking about our, our topic of conversation today is collab tattoos we're kind of wrapping up but Devin just happened to stroll in and uh Rich Cook another local artist and I are starting a collaborative sleeve on Devin on Devin, Devin. and I on Devin Devin with the B I'm Devin I'm Devin <laughs> You know, there was a time where I thought about changing it to be a possibly B-O-N. Oh, no, don't do that. Was it after you saw my name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <That> Bad E. 
All right, you want to have these? You want to hop up here for a second? Do you mind? We'll put you on the spot. We're, like I said, we're just kind of wrapping up, but no. uh, SIGs? No, we can't do SIGs in the warehouse. No, that's a joint. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a secret. That, it's a secret joint. That secret joint. Yes. Absolutely, we can do that. We don't mess around with none of them SIGs. All right, they're going to do the swap do and then we'll wrap up with Devin here. Are you okay? Hello. Can you hear me? Check, check. What up? Hey, Jordan. How you doing? Jordan's upstairs Good. working. Dude, I love the placement for Jim. It's, it's a oh, perfect yeah. resting spot. <laughs> we uh, talked about Jim earlier. Um, so I was blowing people's minds over the weekend about the fact that raptors have feathers, by the way. Everybody needs I, to that know. That was one of my favorite parts of the weekend, too, is definitely just like people not knowing and having no idea. I had people, I heard people walk by and call it the mythical bird beasts and shit like that. <laughs> I'm just like, that's great. <laughs> Magical, <laughs> mythical. We have fossilized evidence. This exists or existed. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, was it? Has it been? It's been a few weeks since we had our con con consultation with Rich. It's been about three, two, three weeks. Do you? How, how do you feel? How do you feel that consultation went with the three of us as opposed to when it's just a one-on-one -on -one consultation? Um. Well, first of all, I will say I was way too stoned. <laughs> well uh but overall i personally i really enjoy watching like when two people when two artists come together and they're like and an idea sparks between one of them and then the other one's like oh well we could do we could do this and we could add this and like it's really fun watching everything form into one from two people mm -hmm we were talking about the different like uh processes and the different ways collaborations can go together or come together um as rich and i were talking ideas we actually bounced maybe three different solid ideas around for the day until we came up with like this beautifully simple idea that's going to be a showstopper well now you got me curious <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rich and I are capable of doing incredibly intricate things, but we're going with something that's going to be so bold and so, you know, just unique to either one of us. I think it's going to be a really cool, cool thing that we're bringing to life. I was talking about the collaboration that I just finished with Guy and then the one that I just started with Amber Joy on Jess. So. You did the collaboration with Guy on Lauren, right? Uh-huh. Things beautiful. Thanks. It's pretty crazy. We were talking about the whole process of it earlier. So um, hopefully there will be another collab coming soon with Guy. Um, we were kind of like kicking around some maybe ideas. So maybe talk to the right collector into getting a piece. Dude, honestly, if you really want to talk about like serious collaborations, I think it would be really fun don't get me wrong it'd be painful as shit but i think it'd be really fun to see a collaborative back piece between you adam and guy that would be pretty cool i think between just between the three of you all three of your attentions to be all the the attention to detail that all three of you have as well as 
the attention to detail that you guys have as well as just like the, the overlapping styles that you play with, I think would be phenomenal. I don't disagree. I bet it probably wouldn't be impossible to make that happen. No, not at all. It'd just be a matter Someone of lining up schedules. <laughs> and I think that's probably the hardest part with the collab is just aligning schedules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I was so exhausted going over to hyperspace right before Hell City. <laughs> And I knew I was going to be exhausted from Hell City. So I was like, oh, man. And I, you know, I can't just die. No. Uh, yeah, it was a whole, a whole entire week of exhaustion. It was like, yeah, I'm, I think. Uh, down as Hell City was a, it was just a, it was so amazing, but it was such a blur. Like, I learned some lessons. <laughs> That's for I sure. You. I was, I didn't do as much socializing as I would have liked. I was definitely you, about, but I was you so. You never I, do. I was so tired to be like, co- too, I don't know, any more coherent than I was. Nah, in those kind of situations, man, like festivals, conventions, especially when you have a like a heavy hand in putting it on, you're never going to be able to quite get as much interaction with people that you really want. You're going to be dog tired, absolutely exhausted, but it's yeah. worth it. <laughs> it oh, yeah. It, you know, it, it's one of those things that you, once you've done it a few times, you know, you're going to be exhausted so you can prepare for it. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, kind of like you, you get a little extra sleep when you can that week ahead of time, because you know, this is coming up and you know, you're going to be tired. You stock up on like your favorite water, you stock up on snacks, you know, you do, you go a little extra getting your body ready for something like that. Same mm-hmm. thing. If you're going to a festival and you're going to be in the sun for three or four days, you prepare no, your body ahead of time. For, I spent a week sleeping for two hours and eating like at a minimum, just trying to get the Velociraptor ready, trying <laughs> to get that time in. And like, that's what did me in. We planned so hardcore to get so much sleep before Hell City this year and be so well rested and be so well off. We were so excited. Like even the week, be- like the week before that, where we were just we're like, fuck yeah, we know what we're doing. We're going to do this right. You know, we had, of course, everything planned except for, uh, well, even Jim, yeah, even the Raptor, we thought we were going to have it done, like, in time. We didn't think it was going to be, like, a minute to minute. But, I mean, we put that last feather on at, like, 6 or 7 o'clock on Thursday. And literally into the U-Haul to the fucking place. And, like, then dropped everything and we're like, thank fucking God. Because every extra minute was literally spent in the garage working on that. Granted, very fun. I do like it. But it was just, like, I mean, that whole week was basically just feathers. Have you Have you determined how long it like down to down to at least the hour amount that it took to create Jim from scratch or uh, start to finish? Not, I mean, I'll estimate it for sure, but probably around 250 hours or so. And that's split between me and Emily. I would say I probably did, you know, I did probably three fourths of it. And then she did the rest or not, yeah, not the rest, but like necessarily like she did probably a quarter of it all too, because we really were able to delegate some tasks near the end. Once, like, I got the structure together and, like, really, you know, created the plan for things and got it in motion, I was able to, like, direct her, but then even not direct her. She just knew what she was doing, could just keep going, and she probably put in, you know, 100, 150 hours of her own time, and I probably, you know, put in 200 hours. Yeah, I put in 100, I don't know. No, that makes me, we probably spent 300 hours, 350, honestly, probably uh, 200, probably pretty, uh... That's insane. 
pretty. He's been uh, talking about this thing fun. for a while, though. Like he's been losing sleep over this for a long time. Oh, I bet. But, oh, we talked about the next dinosaur, though, and then you never allowed me to, or I never elaborated more on that. But uh, have you ever heard of a micro raptor? Is that like the little things that ate the girl at, in Jurassic Park, like <laughs> two or three? Right, that's what, you, that's what you think of. They're not, they're, they weren't those little guys. They were, they were basically a raptor. Well, I mean, they were like fucking tiny shit. Like imagine like an eighth of the size of the one I made. You know, there's, they're tiny guys, but they had wings on their legs and wings on their arms. And they're pretty much the same type of uh, bot, theropod, you know, a raptor. So bone structure almost looks exactly the same, just scaled down very small. So it seems like a more reasonable project while also being really cool because they were just discovered not too long ago. And they were the, oh. the first ones to have uh, wings on their feet too. So they got quilled feathers that come out of their leg bones. Just, we don't even have any birds that do that. Well, all right. We're all starting to get antsy. Everybody's right. starting we're to get calls. Coming. We're getting to the wrap up time. Devin, you came in perfect time to help me wrap up. We literally, I just did my last dot. Isn't that crazy? Perfect. Uh, Maddie, she's a few feet away. Thank you for joining us again this week. It's always an awesome conversation when you hop in. And since Ben is on his epic trail hike, um, Wait, it's pretty cool. He's on the Appalachian Trail. Is he really? Yeah. It's good for him. Yeah. Yep. How much so, good is he doing? All right. We're signing off, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye, okay. everybody. See Love you, Jordan. All right. Everybody else. Thanks for taking the time to join us this week. Um, it's a pleasure, uh, pleasure getting up on here with yeah, you for a few thanks, minutes. Thanks, Devin. Uh, it's always nice when we have extra friends join us, uh, extra collectors, extra people in the community. You know, um, tune in next week. I'm not real sure what we're going to be talking about yet, but hopefully, I will have some really cool, thoughtful um, videos from Hell City. So, there. Been a few projects in the works so hopefully i'll be able to share some of those um if not then